Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Start of a brand new week. It's Mick Mulcahy and for Neil Prendeville who returns from holidays next Monday morning. New data shows local details of COVID-19 across Cork. The Fermoy, Cork City Southwest and Skibbereen West uh, in the Cork electoral areas have the highest 14-day incidence of COVID-19 per 100,000 population in the county. Not in the country now. Don't want to be alarming anybody. In the county, according to new data published over the weekend. The data which is available from the COVID-19 data hub shows case information at a local electoral area level across Ireland between September 1 and September 14th. It shows nine cases of the COVID-19 were confirmed in the Formoy electoral area in the 14-day period, giving an incidence of 24.7 cases per 100,000 people. Cork is generally between 8 and 9 per 100,000 uh, as a county, and as we treat it that way, we look at Dublin, that was 109 last week, and that's why uh, there are certain restrictions being applied in Dublin as uh, of the weekend. Almost 400 new cases, uh, a high since April. Some 396 new cases of COVID-19 were detected in Ireland yesterday. The highest daily spike since the peak of the pandemic in April. And 241 of these new cases were detected in Dublin, which has been placed in level three lockdown. No new deaths were announced yesterday, with the one-day spike bringing the total number of people infected in Ireland during the pandemic to 32,933. Some 36 of the new cases were in Cork, 19 in Donegal, 12 in Galway, and 11 each in Meath and Kildare. So says the Sun this morning. Pubs open again after a 190 day shutdown. 189 I think to be exact. But publicans and bartenders have had a busy weekend preparing for the reopening today of pubs that do not serve food. And you'll wonder uh, with the high incidence of COVID-19 now, you know, why this day didn't come uh, a lot sooner. But there you go. In the city, John O'Connor of Unspalpeen Phonic is looking forward to reopening and will be opening from Wednesday to Sunday for the moment to see how things go. And the Echo says that he says it's great to reopen the doors and get back to normality. I think it'll be fine. Mr. O'Connor said it'll be a new way of doing things. But if we don't learn to live with the virus, we're going to be in trouble. The examiner has the rules. And here are the rules if you want to go to a pub uh, anywhere in Cork today. Customers will have to keep two metres apart. Groups are limited to a maximum of six people. Gathering at the bar is not allowed. Customers must remain seated and order from their table. You're no longer required to buy a substantial meal with your drink. Groups will have to provide contact tracing information when they enter the pub, and closing time for all premises can be no later than 11.30pm. The front page of the mirror has grin and tonic. Wet pubs to open today, except in Dublin. Footage of all-night party sparks outrage. Pubs across Ireland will finally welcome back customers today when they open their doors after a 189-day coronavirus lockdown. And punters are looking forward to reopening. With one bar in Meath even recruiting tasters to test their new gin menu and make sure the Guinness is running smoothly. But there's been huge criticism of an all-night party. You'll have heard about it on the uh, news uh, that took place in Dublin over the weekend. Raving lunatics whole party, says the star today. Sandra Mallon reporting that Councillor Mannix Flynn has called on Dublin City Council to hire private security firms to police estates after a video emerged of an outdoor party attended by dozens of people on Saturday night. It looks more like hundreds. Uh, The video shows boozed-up revellers wearing no masks and not social distancing, partying late into the night 
in the Dublin uh, at a Dublin flat complex. The worrying outdoor gathering took place in the Oliver Bond flats in the south inner city as cases of COVID-19 continue to surge in the capital with a further 396 cases confirmed nationwide yesterday. The examiner has on its front page further areas on brink of level three curbs. The highest single day figure since May with 396 new cases uh, just under 10% of that in Cork with 36. But Elaine Lachlan, the examiner's political uh, correspondent, reports that six more counties are on the brink of being increased to level three restrictions as COVID-19 cases continue to rise across the country. Green Party leader Eamon Ryan said, it's a possibility that other parts of the country may follow Dublin in being move- moved up to level three restrictions, which have seen many bars and restaurants close in the capital. Uh, the virus is spreading rapidly in the community in counties Louth, Waterford, Donegal, Leitrim, Limerick and Kildare. And the warning comes as the highest single day figure since May 14th was recorded 396 new cases yesterday. The Mail has on its front page uh, five county COVID alert, much the same story. Uh, at least five more counties face Dublin type lockdown, according to uh, Minister Eamon Ryan. And in the rest of the morning papers... Um, the mail has international travel is beyond the pale for those inside it. Nobody in Dublin should be travelling abroad, but it's okay for people living in the other 25 counties to do so, the Transport Minister said yesterday. Uh, do you have to use Dublin Airport to do that, Eamon? Eamon Ryan said that people in the capital should not leave the county, and that includes travelling to Germany, Poland and other countries on Ireland's newly expanded green list. The advice is the same as regards international travel as it is for domestic travel, he said. At level three, we're saying we should restrict our travel out of Dublin. For the moment, people in Dublin should stay within Dublin. He was speaking uh, over the weekend and justified the latest travel restrictions. He said that approach that we set up this week in following the European Union approach, we think is the right one because this plan, this framework has to be in place for the next six months. Government parties poles apart, says The Sun. Michal and co drop in ratings. Mixed messaging and a lack of cohesion are some of the reasons for Fianna Fáil's approval rating taking a hit, according to some opposition TDs. The latest opinion poll shows support for Taoiseach Micheál Martin is down 1.19%, while their government partners Fine Gael enjoyed a 1% bump to 30%. The new figures also showed that, uh, showed Sinn Féin is the most popular political party in Ireland with an impressive 32% support. Waterford TD David Cullinan believes this to be an indication of his party successfully building on the votes they gained in the general election this year. Report on that in the Irish Sun. Back to the Echo and uh, Echo's virtual event is a hit across Cork. Congrats to all who took part in the mini marathon. The headline there is Mini Marathon Magic. And we have Friary vandalised also as a story in the Echo. The newly refurbished Friary in Kinsale, uh, it's been described as a slap in the face. That's how faller Peter Kyo described graffiti that was spray-painted on the front wall of the Carmelite Friary in Kinsale over the weekend. It's not the only uh, statue that's been vandalised because uh, the grotto uh, up at the top of uh, Blarney Street has been vandalised once again, and we'll uh, get to that later on in the programme. Our richest 10% spew more gas. The wealthiest 10% of people in the country are responsible for as much carbon emissions as the bottom 50%. Back to the examiner, uh, and there's been huge coverage of this man's passing over the weekend on social media. Kennedy, the heartbeat of Cork City FC, will never be forgotten. Stephen Haney reporting that tributes have poured in for lifelong Cork City fan and club legend John Kennedy, who died suddenly over the weekend. Mr Kennedy was a volunteer and supporter of the club for more than 30 years, originally from Skibbereen. 
He was also well known around Cork for his work with the youth organisations Ogre Kirky and later for Oiga. In a statement, Cork City FC said Mr. Kennedy was, quote, known around the country for his loyalty, enthusiasm and love of Cork City, unquote. The club said that through the family enclosure, John organised buses, getting supporters to and from almost every away game and was a recognisable face to all Rebel Army supporters. And uh, it would be remiss not to mention the fantastic achievement in sport of uh, cyclist Sam Bennett. He pedalled to victory yesterday in Paris to take the second stage win. He applauded uh, the President Michael D. Higgins, I beg your pardon, applauded the 29-year-old for the enormous achievement as he beat world champion Mads Pedersen in a sprint finish to snatch his second stage victory of the Tour. President Higgins said, My congratulations to Sam Bennett on his win on the Champs-Élysées yesterday. Winning two stages in the green jersey in one of the hardest tours of recent years is an enormous achievement and one that will be celebrated by all those who love cycling and Irish sport. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Okay, taxi meeting. I've been asked to give it one more mention this morning. Can you give the taxi driver meeting another mention this morning, please? It's very important that as many taxi drivers as possible attend. It's a crisis time, of course, for the taxi industry. And uh, the meeting is uh, designed to inform and to bring solidarity and maybe to give even some political direction uh, to what's happening. But never before has such unity been needed uh, and has already been achieved in the taxi industry. So well done to all concerned. It's happening at Parky Rin at 12 noon and that's from Anthony. Uh, now, Gardy is suspecting arson at a Cork City hairdressers and appealing for witnesses. Uh, line one, we have Estelle Ray, who's one of the owners of the Three Degrees Salon. Hi, Estelle. Hi, good morning. How are you? I know you were in bits over the weekend. It's yeah, all... we're traumatised. It's had time Three to sink degree, in, yeah. though, has it? The, the salon is destroyed, is it? Completely ruined. They're ruined our lives at the moment, yeah. But okay. like, we can't understand. That's why we're looking for help. We really need help. So the Guardi are suspecting arson and they're appealing, the investigation team are appealing for any persons who may have been in the area of the old Mallow Road stroke Dublin Hill. It's right on the fork, of course. If you, if you, if you fork right, you go up Dublin Hill uh, and you're yeah. towards Blackpool Shopping Centre if you fork left and you're on the right-hand so, side. Yeah, our, our salon is um, it's a high-profile unit on the Redford Road. And on Friday, I think, yeah, it was late Thursday, even Friday morning, um, to... Is broken with a hammer and destroyed our salon. They destroyed it. So um, they came between two forty and they were gone within seconds. But they, I, we don't know how why and how or um, what was the agenda behind it. We really, really don't know what happened and okay. why. Okay, so I, I suppose taxi drivers would be a main target for the guards here in their in their quest for information because the yeah. taxis may have driven by. Yeah, they're in CCTV footage. Thankfully, we had CCTV footage. But um, obviously, they need more. The guards need more. And the guards have been incredible to us. They really have been making so nervous after few days in our homes, everywhere. We're, we're, we're afraid to go at the moment. But um, hopefully, they'll get answers for us soon. Hopefully, we really do want to. Like. Okay, so Gardy asking any road users, uh, users, but particularly any taxi drivers who may have dash cam footage of the area at the time, uh, to make it available. Yeah. Anyone with information in relation to this criminal damage is asked to contact Mayfield Garda Station 455-8260. Now, you, you, you say you're you're living in fear yourselves now, are you? Yeah, yeah. So, like, all our staff as well, like, we're, we're, we're traumatised. 
we have never, like, we're open 11 years this, this November, and we've never had anything made to come to our door, ever. We're three genuine girls. We work, we work really, really hard. We work exactly like everybody else. We work for our money. We have bills. We have mortgages. We have, we have kids, and our kids are a priority, obviously. But, like, we might go on a holiday once a year, like everybody else. We don't, like, we live normally. But, like, we can't understand why people would do it to us and our gorgeous salon. And, like, we were saying, like, like our salon is done up almost three years this year. I'm sorry, March next year. So, like, why didn't they, why didn't they do it when it was first open when we renovated it? Why did they wait until after the COVID when we went back to work? We just don't understand why, you know, why, why us? Why our beautiful, gorgeous salon that we worked so hard for, we put everything into it. It's, a, it's not the first arson attack in the Blackpool area. If I remember correctly, there was some arson attacks around the Sunbeam Estate over the course of the last year, was there? Yeah, that, that was... I actually tried to you know I was going through it there last night. I was looking to see about arson. But it, there was one, I don't know, was it 2002 or something like that? In the Sunbeam, yeah. Mm. But this this attack is, like, despicable. We're disgusted. We really, really are. Especially when we bring so much to the community. We really do. We make everybody feel at home, Stalin. We, we love all our, every kind is equal to us. There's nobody superior in our Stalin. We're just devastated. I wonder, you know, with the advent of COVID, would there be any premises that you could get for three, four, maybe six months uh, that you could get at a good rate and, 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 and bring, bring your business there? Make I'm the old the three of us. And I'm like, come on, girls, we, we start and we get up and we go. But we're just a bit nervous at the moment. We really have to look for something, obviously, because we have all the girls out of jobs and stuff at the moment. Okay, so you've verified anyway via the CCTV that it wasn't just, uh, you know, an accidental fire. Yeah, that, we uh, actually, we were so innocent. We, we thought it was an electrical fault um, Friday morning. And my sisters were saying, you know what, it's, our, it's stupid. Like, we, it was our fault. And then we, we were sitting at home and we got a phone call from the lad that does the CCTV footage, which he's been brilliant to us. And he said he needed to come home and see something. So we went out and we, we got the shock of our life because we didn't expect it. We really didn't. We can't understand it. We just don't understand why. Okay. Why us? So you've, uh, the CCTV shows two people breaking in for a matter of seconds, probably spreading petrol and setting it on fire, whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay, the Garda Confidential Line, uh, Estelle, is 1-800-666-111, 1-800-666-111, or you can contact any Garda station. How many people are out of work, Estelle? There's 13 of us now. 13? That many? Yeah, yeah. We're three sisters, so, like, we um, we have a brilliant team behind us. Every single one of the guards works so hard. They, 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 we were all so happy to go back to work, but it's going to take months for us, like, to get back to our salon. Now, we are very, very nervous. We're traumatised. I have two younger sisters, and they're only about a year or two younger than me, and they're in an awful way. Really, we're, we're traumatized. Okay, it's Estelle, Haley, and Kira. Yeah. So Wait. I'm the oldest, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually 32 weeks pregnant, it's 32 weeks pregnant, so. Tell me about it, I'm And you're worried, of course, for your two younger sisters as well as the other 11 or so staff. Yeah, we're just devastated. We really, really are devastated because we never do anything to anybody. We really don't. And what will make this right? And I don't know. Nothing will ever make it fully, completely right. I just, but but I just want to a successful arrest. Yeah. 
I really want these people to be caught and I want our five star salon, our five star salon, our gorgeous salon to be back in action and we're not going to let these people get the better of us. We really can't because we never did anything to anybody in our life. We go to work, we come home, we, we play with the kids, we cook dinner and so we do everything that normal people would do along with our staff. So we don't deserve this at all at all. We really don't. But like we'd have, we'd have to do something in the meantime. But we need to get our heads straight first. And I know we need to get sorted. I've been and in your cell. I've met you guys. Lovely, lovely people. Yeah, uh, and a great name for three sisters to have. And you know the yeah. three three degrees. Uh, I I only hope that there's a, a kind-hearted landlord out there who can look after you in the short term while while the premises is is being refurbished. And, and as well, to be fair, to be fair, like our colour company have been exceptional to us as the past. And um, Dave Dodden, he's been incredible and. As well, every single, like, the majority of the salon owners in Cork, City, County, they, everyone has text asking us, do we want their permits on their days off? So some salons close on Sunday and Monday. Um, and they're saying, take the salon whatever day you want, whatever night you want. But, like, I don't think we'll ever again, like, when we do go back, I don't think we'll ever again open late because we're, we're terrified. We really, really are terrified. You don't think you'll ever what? Work late. Like, we normally work late until nine back on a Thursday or Friday evening. But I don't think we'd stay on that late ever again because we're too afraid at the moment. Hope, hopefully that fear will leave you. A successful arrest and, and, and prosecution in, in this situation uh, will, yeah, will go yeah. some way towards alleviating your fears. Is, is there an insurance issue here? Are you covered for criminal damage? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we've, that's another thing there was questions about ours, like was an insurance job. Our beautiful salon, we were busy, we were kept going, we paid our wages. We don't need anything that, you know, we don't need anything to like that in our life. Mm-hmm. We just want to be able to go to work, get up on a Monday morning and go to work like normal people. We don't want to be stuck at home and fearing for our lives, you know? It's just unbelievable how these people can do such a hard thing to us. But once again, Estelle, we, we'll appeal to anybody who is in the area of the Old Mallow Road, Dublin Hill, uh, in Cork in the early hours of last Friday morning between 2.15am and 3am. If you're a taxi driver or if you're a motorist that passed through maybe coming from shift work or whatever, going home, and you witnessed anything unusual and you have footage, uh, please come forward to the Gardaí. Mayfield Garda Station is uh, 0214 That's 0214 And the Garda Confidential Line is 1-800-666-111. 1-800-666-111. The outpouring of support for you girls gives testament to, 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 to the esteem in, in which the community holds you. So keep keep your heads up, take a breath, yeah. stay brave. Estelle, Haley, and Kira, you'll be back and you'll be stronger than ever as the three degrees. Yeah. And can I say a big thanks to all, everyone that has texted us among us, and especially all our clients. They're all behind us, and they let every message is the same thing they can understand. The three genuine girls that get up and go to work, like everybody else, and our lives have been shattered in the last few days. Okay. So we will get there. We will. We won't let them get them get us down forever. No. Thanks, Estelle. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mick. And please, if anybody knows anything, please just bring the guards and it'll be confidential, as you said. And you can always depend on our support here when you get up and running again for a little bit of Thanks publicity so to, to direct people we to give you your business. Thank you, Estelle. Thanks so much, Mick. Thank you. All Thank the best. You. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank How sad. 25 past nine. The pubs are opening. We'll talk to Michael O'Donovan uh, next. Uh, he's, of course, one of the leading lights in the Vintners and a pub owner himself. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM.
Well, a very good morning coming up on 9.30. Pubs are preparing to reopen today. After being shut for six months, pubs outside of Dublin are preparing to reopen today for the first time in six months. Wet pubs, as they've become known, not a term I'm very fond of, closed in mid-March due to the COVID-19 lockdown and remain shuttered while those serving food alongside alcohol were permitted to reopen during the summer. Those reopening now must do so under very strict guidelines, which include implementing social distancing, mandatory table service and enhanced cleaning regimes. Pubs in Dublin must remain closed as the capital remains under level three restrictions of the government's living with COVID-19 plan. Michael O'Donovan is not only a publican uh, of the Castle Inn on Cork South Main Street, but also the Cork City Chair of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, the VFI. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Mick. How are you? Good. It's been a long time coming today for you guys. Yeah, look, I suppose for me personally, it's 190 days because we closed on Saturday night, the 14th of March, and uh, the government directed us, uh, the rest of my colleagues, to close on Sunday, the 15th of March. So uh, 190 days closed. It's, it's, it's been tough for all the businesses, but look, today we can only look forward uh, we're one hour now off opening, so look, I suppose nervousness is set in, but also looking forward to welcoming, um, I suppose, our friends and our customers back through the doors from today on. Okay, now the Castle Inn only opened its doors to share a short video on Friday of what things will look like when, yes. when they're finally allowed to let the punters back in from today. Many pubs have taken the opportunity to refurbish. Have you done so? Yeah, look, we, we, we put in new floors, we put we new toilets, uh, we painted the place from tip to toe, uh, clean, uh, I suppose did a very deep clean on the place, um, all in anticipation of opening, you could say, back in July. So we do a deep clean again uh, last week uh, when we finally, I suppose, got the green light for today. Um, and I, and every bar, I think, across the country has been uh, similar doing work right through the summer in getting prepared for reopening. Okay, and you, of course, not the first generation of O'Donovan's to be uh, running the pub there. It's known as the country pub. Why is that? Yeah, I suppose. Look, uh, my grandparents bought us in the in the mid nineteen thirties. Uh, Michael and Louise Connolly, my mother and father, Dennis and Mary, who'd be fairly well known, I think, to a lot of uh, customers coming in over the years, have been running us. Uh, I suppose since the late sixties, seventies. My mother, in particularly, and I suppose I'm here now, the last twenty odd years, back in the family business. So um, it's come through. I'm the third generation, and look, I've two boys and a girl, and Hopefully in the next year or two, my oldest fellow will be giving a hand here part-time in the bar and the next generation will be starting off on the on the crusade, maybe. Is, is it a life you'd wish for them? Um, is it a life I'd wish for them? Um, maybe now, nowadays there's other opportunities to be looked at. Um, I suppose for, for us it's given, it's given me wonderful opportunities in my life um, and hopefully it will still give me opportunities, but um, it wouldn't be the worst uh, career for them to go into, but I think there's other opportunities that they should look at first, and then maybe they'd have something in the family business to fall back on if, if needed be. Okay, what what did you make of the requirement for a nine euro substantial meal? Well, look, uh, Michael, from the very start, I think we all said all bars should have been open at the same time. It was putting, look, for, for one of the reasons why we didn't open, to be honest, is we have a lot of regulars that come in uh, our normal opening time is four o'clock. That would be in between, say, quarter past four, half seven, eight o'clock. A lot of those men live up around, say, the Grattan Street area. 
um, and here in the, the marsh area, the flat of the city is what I would say, it would have been really onerous for them to spend nine euros each day when they only have two points, the majority of them. Uh, they come in for the chat and the company, so they'd spend the same equivalent on food, which they probably would or wouldn't eat. Um, and like it's, it's, it was really onerous. We understand why they did it, I suppose, to make it a restaurant scenario, but uh, all pubs should have been given an equal opportunity. As we've seen the guidelines that are that we're going to open in, in an hour's time, the food requirement, okay, there's a bar counter and a noise requirement. They're the only... Di- they're, they're the only differences to the to the guidelines that were issued for pubs that opened back in June. Yes, but you'll have to keep your customers two metres apart. Uh, if you're in a group, it's limited to a maximum of six people. Uh, yeah. and, and you can't stand or gather or order at the bar. No, but look, that has been the uh, similar uh, guidelines that have been there uh, since the 20th. So look, we're a highly regulated industry, the bar industry. So if we had these guidelines, we could have uh, operated under these guidelines back in June. But look, I suppose that's water on the bridge now. We're here today, the 21st of September, and it's from here looking forward that we have to know uh, that we have to get on with it. Okay. And in your position as chair, Cork City Chair of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, how much damage do you think has been done to the pub culture, the psyche uh, of the drinker? Uh, Will it ever recover to the way it was, or or will it do so after a year or two? Well, yes, I I think it will take time, uh, uh, Mick, for it to recover um, after being closed for 190 days, people um, may have looked at other um, uh, ways of uh, entertaining themselves, socialising. But look, I'd be confident as well at the same time when bars can give the people reassurance, you know, that they'll be safe, that it's a controlled environment, people will start to come back. Now, our limit, our capacity are, is limited at the moment and will be for a number of months. But look, um, at least we're open and we're able to trade and show people what we can do and how safe it is. So hopefully people will come back to us in the coming weeks and months if they're nervous of it. And Michael, won't that limited capacity have a knock-on effect as, as to how many staff will return to the industry? Yes, absolutely. It will be like, um, look, we part-time staff here ourselves. We're, we're, like my mother, my father and myself are going to run the business for the next couple of weeks and then reassess as we go. Our capacity is 32. Anybody that's been in the cast lane will well know um, at weekends, it gets very busy. We, we we could have even that number in our smoking area standing at a weekend. So, um, yes, staff requirements will be will be I suppose down for the next couple of weeks and months, as I said. But look, hopefully, as we go through this uh, pandemic and learn to live with it, and um, hopefully we'll be able to bring the staff back in the future dates. Okay, fantastic, Michael O'Donovan. Thank you very much, uh, Cork City Chair of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, and best of luck to the patrons you. and yourselves, the owning family of the Castle Inn on, uh, on Cork South Main Street. Thanks, Michael. Cheers, Mick. Thanks. Bye-bye. Let's go further west now to uh, Mary Kelly. Uh, oh, sorry, we've lost her. Okay, I'll come back to that in uh, a few minutes, if possible. Now, texts on uh, the COVID pandemic. Morning, if a person is badly cho- choked up in their nasal area, uh, they should try to steam the area using boiling water in a basin. That will clear the choking up. Ideally, use Vicks. It cleared in hours for relatives of mine in London when they had it. That's if you're choked up in the nasal area. But if you are these days, I guess you want to be getting onto your GP and looking for a test. Hi, Mick. Do you know if you die from COVID, does your life insurance get paid out? Uh, as your travel insurance doesn't cover you. If your flights are cancelled because uh, you can't partake because of COVID. Just curious about that one, uh, says Neave. And Hi, Mick. Why don't you talk to somebody from the scientific or medical community instead of some guy on YouTube 
who's spreading misinformation. This was not a balanced conversation uh, with Michael, especially with something so serious going on right now. Yes, he had uh, a certain conspiracy theorists, and we'll be visiting some of that again today on the program. Uh, but everyone's entitled to their opinion. And when you look at the, the general uh, meter and timber of this program, uh, you know, when you put his... Uh, interview up against that it's uh, we're more than balanced i think we're back with mary on line one hi mary hi mary how's it going Good no morning. no you're in the millbrook inn in castletown bear millbrook bear castletown bear is right we'd probably yeah. get drive to dublin if we could faster than we get down to you but you're welcome <laughs> w- welcome anyway so you've been Thank closed you. for the last six months that's right and the, and the new millbrook bar in castletown bear is reopening tomorrow no, today. Today, is it? Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> After six months being closed down. How long are you running the bar, Mary? Um, well, my, I'd be the third generation, actually, and my grandparents had it first. They obtained a hotel license in 1910, at which time there was 33 pubs in Castron Bear. And then in my time, there was 22 pubs. And in recent years, the numbers have declined um, to about eight or ten pubs. And uh, business has diminished quite a lot over the past few years, as there has been a lot of restrictions introduced as regards drink driving and, you know, people have to limit their intake of alcohol and so on. And, of course, you guys, where you're situated, are in the middle of a, of a fishing industry hub uh, and that's, that's had its right. own problems over the years. I'd be uh, located outside uh, a, a little, about 10 minutes from the town itself, on the eastern side, the Bantry side. Okay, I remember visiting the Wheel Inn on, on occasion. Is that still going or long gone? It is, and it is going very, very well indeed. Okay, yeah. so you're looking forward to welcoming back your customers. Are you expecting I them all to, to come and support you? Right, you know, I am. I look forward to welcoming them back. And... Uh, in a safe and controlled environment, so we'll just go forward from here. I'm told you're pulling points for half a century, Mary. I am for the last fifty one years. So it is quite a lengthy time. Do you enjoy the living? Do you, do you enjoy the social <laughs> element of it? Do you know what I missed most, Mick, was the, um, the company. And how did you spend the six months that you were closed? Was was it a kind of a you know, lonely time for you? Yeah, I was painting and doing a lot of different alterations here and there. And did you have the help of family? Pardon me? Did you have the help of family? No. One girl is in America and the other girl is, um, she's a GP here in Gaston Bear. So I was still a man on my own, really. So you're on your own? Yeah. Uh, I can't... My husband, but he doesn't. Uh, he has his outside work to do as regards cutting grass and maintaining the outside of the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're a very long-standing server of alcohol. 51 years is a very long time. I came across... 51 years, indeed it is. I came across uh, a lady who owned a bar in Port Salon in Donegal. Uh, and she took it over at the age of 16, and it was either 70 or 80 years uh, before she retired. And uh, the, the head of Diageo, which owns Guinness, uh, was uh, there's a picture in the bar of him presenting her with a trophy as being the longest serving. Do you think you'll last another 20 years or so? <laughs> I 
I <laughs> I doubt that they make I doubt that but we live in hopes anyway Alright Mary yeah. listen you, you have a great spirit well done I'm sure the bar is uh, smelling lovely of fresh fresh paint and ready to welcome all your customers again and you're back to your your social mixing and I hope you have a very successful opening Mary and thank you very much indeed Mary thanks a million all the best yeah Good Thanks. luck now. Bye-bye. Uh, to all bars today who are reopening, uh, you know, we have to wish all the very best. Uh, there's been a couple of false starts, two or three false starts, uh, and it couldn't, e- even though I would imagine with the highest numbers since uh, late April, early May being announced yesterday, um, it probably would suit the powers that be to keep the bars closed. But open they will today, and we wish them all the very best. Morning, Mick. I think we could expect a rise in cases in Cork after yesterday. I went to town to check out the new marina market. I walked out after about a minute. No distancing whatsoever inside. About half of the people not wearing masks. No traffic management. A disaster. I'm all for a market of its sort in Cork, but it needs to be managed better. Hi Mick, just a quick message to praise the guards last night. Students had a big party on College Road stroke Finbar's Road last night, keeping all the residents awake, as usual, with drinking and loud music. These students will be the reason for more cases in Cork. There were at least 50 in the house. I just want to say well done to the guards for getting it under control. I would come on air, but I'm at work. Uh, and on the subject of Michael, who raised some uh, hackles last week, uh, I totally agree with Michael and what he said. Why is it going to be mandatory for everyone to get the vaccine? Uh, this by email. If some people don't want to take the vaccine, people will be forced to get it against their will anyway. When it's made mandatory, people's freedom of speech and rights will be gone. How do people know if uh, if they're not getting microchipped at the same time when they get the vaccine? It'll be too late when they can't do anything about it then. Uh, vandals have desecrated a Cork religious statue again uh, after it's been cleaned up by very distressed locals. Uh, Councillor Kenneth Collins joins us in line six. Good morning, Councillor. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm very good. Now, this is the grotto. That's right, Calvary on the top of Blarney Street. Top of Blarney Street, and people will know it if you're travelling up to uh, Holly Hill, travelling up to Apple, going across to, to Grona Braher. If you're coming back down into the city, of course, it brings you down Sunday's Well, or indeed down Blarney Street, uh, depending which way you're going. And it's a very prominent grotto. It is, of course, and unfortunately over the weekend it was defaced again. Uh, I think it's probably the third time I've raised it in council that, you know, we need to get CCTV installed to just monitor and look over the, 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 the calvary as we call it like you know because uh, unfortunately the lipstick that was used myself and Councillor McNugent went up and we cleaned off the lipstick um, well, yesterday so uh, it's just unfortunate what's happening here you know I don't know is it someone that's upset with the church or is it just blackguarding for all the, all the young people but uh, it, it, it's not nice and if it is young people you know we ask we will ask them to stop doing this type of behaviour. It's the same as the, the Luke Kelly statue in Dublin. Now, this is a picture of the Virgin Mary with the word whore scrawled across their foreheads. First in lipstick, now it's in paint. So it's going to be harder to to remove, I suppose, and, and, and to bring the statue back to its normal uh, condition. Uh, however, I think one, one of the elements these guys, are scumbags or whatever, are looking for is publicity. And ironically, that's exactly what we're giving them now. I suppose. Look, we have to we have to put it out there and ask them to stop doing this as well. No, it it doesn't it doesn't exactly say war. Um, it says it spelled W H O kind of R and went off. Then like you know, good luck. Um, in fairness, Paul Hayes Painting and Decorating Company are going to go up and look after the face um, and get that sorted today. 
Uh, I spoke to him yesterday, and he's, he's a community man as well. He's from he's from originally from Bakersfield. Uh, but look, it's actually the land is owned by the council, but it was it's managed by the community, and it's it's I, as I said, I've raised it in council in the past, and I am looking now for CCTV to be installed here. You know, to catch, try and catch the culprits or culprits, uh, and to find out what, what's going on. And you know, if there's an issue with either you know with the church, go to the Gardaí if you have an issue with the church. But you know, don't be doing this to a community that loves this and everybody that passes looks at it because it's kept very, very well. Mm-hmm. Of course, that triangle is a very prominent area that you have to pass if you're driving. And, and so it's very noticeable. You even you even notice and look at it if you're driving up from Sunday's well. That's right. Um, and and Bernie, it's, it's on the triangle there of the road, the junction. Um, but uh, look, again, we're just asking whoever's doing it to stop doing it. Um, if they have issues... Go to the Gardaí if it's to do with religious, if it's to do with anything, just, you know, or if it's just children acting the gum or being fucking blackguards, stop. Okay. You know, and it's up to the parents as well here, if it is, you know, to find out, you know, are you, but it's lips, either lipstick or paint. It was lipstick yesterday. Uh, we removed it myself and Council McNugent, but... You know, if it's going to continue, you know, it's upsetting the whole community as well. Like, okay, CCTV is probably all that will stop this. Yes, yes. So that's why I I, I spoke to council recently as well. So hopefully that they will uh, find the funds and put it up there to protect this. Just and it's there years upon years. As long as I'm hopefully going up around that <laughs> that area, I, I I remember I'm involved with Saint Vincent's Football Club. So you know it's not a new structure. It's there for years upon years. So. All right. Yeah. Thanks a million, Councillor Kenneth Collins. Thank you very much. That's the faces of the statues on Blarney Road in Shanachiel at the triangle there. At the top as you come up from Sunday's Well or head down towards Blarney Street. Uh, had what looks like the word whore scrawled across their foreheads. We have pictures of it. It's, it's wanton destruction. It's needless. Uh, but after the residents and the community had uh, cleaned it up and put it back to its normal condition, uh, it's happened Again, it is now coming up on 13 minutes to 10. Back in a moment. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Now, there was an article in one of the papers last week. It was Thursday's Mail, actually, where the Polish leader, well, a Polish leader, Jaroslav Kaczynski, uh, criticized Ireland and said that pro-LGBT Ireland is a Catholic wilderness. He hits out on what he decries as a threat to traditions and Con wants to comment on that. Good morning, Con. Sorry, Con, you there? Yes, I'm there. Yes. How are you? Good, 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 good. No, good you want to you want you want to comment on this headline and the article in particular? Pro LGBT Ireland is a Catholic wilderness. It, it, absolutely, it, 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 I fully agree with Jaroslav Kaczynski. He's telling the truth because Ireland is a wilderness for, for Catholicism now because. It's been watered down. The, our leaders, a lot of our bishops, are not standing up for the truth. Well, you and, might have just uh, heard two two holy statues were desecrated last night. Uh, yeah. the, the, the words "whore" written on two statues uh, up yeah. at the top of up uh, near Shanachiel there. Yes, this, this this is happening in France and uh, other European countries as well. This 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 is the start of um, of, of the the satanic um, the anti. And, and it could be, it's 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 a fright. Like we can, this this is going to increase more and more if the people don't stand up for, for the Catholic faith, which has been eroded um, completely in the last twenty years, anyway, especially because uh, the bishops are not speaking out. 
Pope Benedict asked the Irish bishops to bring back the catechism into the schools. You see, in 1992, they brought in this alive all, which was heresy. It was brought into the schools for teaching Catholic doctrine to the children. I mean, it was, it was desperately. And um, what will happen is the, the faith is that the young people don't know about the faith. The Ten Commandments, they wouldn't, they wouldn't taught properly in the school. And they have no faith. They don't believe in anything now. A lot of, a lot of, well, not all of them. I mean, there's some, some very good youth in the country as well, like, you know. Yeah, the pre- but, president uh, of the EU Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, said recently that there's no place in the EU for LGBT-free zones, that we must be inclusive. And Ireland's taken great strides towards inclusivity and equality in the last few years. But it's all right being inclusive, but you don't bring the doctrine into the schools. They're teaching LGBT ideology in the, in the primary schools, which is totally, totally wrong. I mean, I quote, I learned the Bible, I'm, I'm, six, I'm over 60 years of age, and I remember learning the catechism, anyone who interferes with the, the brain of a child, mm. or gives them, should be cast, better, better a millstone tied around their neck and cast into the, to the, to the sea, the water, you know, so it's, especially in, in national school, the primary schools, there should be none, none of that, or they should only learn about, you know, basic things for, for, for young, young children. But being yourself is your identity, can, can, can you not accept that? Uh, as Miss von der Leyen said, that uh, they're going to make sure in the EU that we support, uh, as communities, the entire community, the Commission's going to put forward a strategy to strengthen LGBT uh, rights across Europe. Yes, but why did it bring this in the last 30 years? We've been getting on time in thousands of years and there was no LGBT. What's the, what, what makes this so important now? I mean, I mean it's ridiculous, really, because... Uh, you know, uh, like as a man and a woman, they're trying to uh, confuse children, confuse people. And Amanda and now is getting very tough. She's very sinister the way she's going to take funding away from Poland now. She's going to, they're going to bully Poland now and bring in changes in the laws there. Well, I tell you one thing, Krasinski, he's, he's a saint of a man. If he died in the morning and goes straight up to heaven, God, what he came out there now was very pleasing to God Almighty. And, and when we're God Almighty, is very angry with Ireland. Because you can see the way this virus is working, it's, it's spreading, even though we're most of Ireland are doing, doing their best. But God is angry with Ireland. He's, 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 you know, it could be a chastisement for the people. And like, if you're a Catholic, you, you, you can see there the people where the people are voting. Our president of Ireland, president of Ireland Mr. O'Higgins, is a humanist atheist. But you, he got uh, three quarters of a million votes. Most of them were baptized Catholics. Baptized Catholics. There was other baptized Catholics in the field practicing Catholics. They never voted from. They never given number one. But how, how how can you link religion or or an angry God to you know the physical spread of a virus here on the ground? Look, God is all powerful. God is all powerful. He knows. What about if you don't believe in God? Well, so that's it. It, 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 yeah, that's it. It looks like Ireland. That's what Kaczynski was saying. It's a Catholic wilderness. You'll be, what he meant was you'll be, you'll be traveling days around Ireland before you meet a good Catholic. Those kind of so-called Catholics. You've lukewarm. The most of the Catholics I know are either lukewarm or, or a la carte Catholics. They pick out the bits they like and, oh, I don't like that. I'm one part of it. You know, that's yeah, not but a but ha- Catholic. Hasn't a, hasn't a lot of that to do with the actions, I'm not saying of all, but of a, of a minority of those who held, who held high position in the priesthood. Yes, I know that. Some of it, but you don't throw the child up with the bathwater. I mean, a man, a priest is only an ordinary man with a, with a collar on him. Like you know, what I mean, he he's human too, and you can be sure he was tempted more than an ordinary person. But 
there was the people stopped going to mass over over it over the, the scandals, but they forgot about the children. You have a duty. It, it's a sin not to pass on the faith, the Catholic faith, to your children, and that's what a lot of uh, tens of thousands of my age group in their fifties and their sixties they never handed on the faith. They stopped going to mass. That that means the children didn't go to mass, and then I know I know you they don't go to mass, and all their their models have slipped. And, and they're all, oh, there's nothing wrong. Live and let you divorce for the gay marriage. Okay, the last time I heard you on talking to Neil, uh, uh, am I correct? You're a huge Trump fan. Yes, I am indeed. And God has intervened there too. God rest her now. She was, she done her best. I suppose she thought she was done the right thing. But how will she, she could have died in a month's time or, or two months' time. We're talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. We'll okay. See so now, now, now this is going to favour Trump because now they were knocking him over the coronavirus. The whole system is going to change now on abortion. The greatest evil in the world. The greatest evil in the world is abortion. What's, what's Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying? She's a Supreme Court justice. And nobody in the world has ever done, done more for women's rights and for equality than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, she's done a lot of good. She's done a lot of good, except on abortion. She was wrong there. She was right in lots of other issues with women. A lot of women have been bullied. And, you know, there was, uh, she brought in some good laws about women's rights and things like that. But not on abortion. She was totally wrong on that. And uh, now it's going to fa- it's going to focus on the abortion thing. I mean, for every child aborted, this is uh, two visionaries that uh, a demon is let go from hell. So there's millions. How many millions of abortions in, in the last thirty years in, in the world, especially in America and, and Britain? Britain, the greatest tragedy that happened in England was abortion. Is it twenty million English people were were murdered? I mean, there, there could be twenty or thirty million next English people walking around England today. But you don't need religion to be a good person, Con. Whether it's uh, taught in schools or not, a good person has morals, not commandments. Um, no, but, the, but the Ten Commandments, you remember what happened to the Ten Commandments when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments? He saw the people had put the gold into God, they put up false gods, and he broke the commandments. And it's been 30 years going around in the desert. I mean, your faith is number one. And the bishops, I'm afraid, have lost some, some of the bishops, have lost their faith when they're saying they're closing down the chapels during the virus. Instead of leaving them open... Is Trump going to win, Con? Is Trump going to win? He is. Okay. He's going to win. Just okay, let's wait and see. <laughs> okay, i got to go for news at 10 o'clock. Thanks a million, Con. Great to hear from you again. Uh, pity I don't have more time there. I could talk to Con forever because we're opening up some very, very interesting areas of conversation there. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. And a very good morning to you. This is Mick Mulcahy and lots to get through on uh, today's programme. Uh, it's wrong to uh, stifle pubs in Dublin from reopening uh, when you compare what the, the treatment nursing home visits uh, are getting. They're being restricted. A leading expert in the field of microbiology has said Ireland's wet pubs set to reopen today uh, while just one nominated person will be permitted to visit someone in a nursing home in the capital from Sunday. And in this sense, if there's only one person uh, allowed to visit an old person. This texture is saying everywhere should remain closed. Uh, hi Mick, there are strange comments during the rounds from the powers that be regarding the COVID-19 so-called pandemic, which probably best describes the nature of the beast in Ireland. When we learn that overall, once the hype and inflation of figures are broken down, there are probably no more than 100 people who have died directly from the condition. And compare this with the as yet unpublished number who have died from the flu and cancelled hospital procedures in the same period since January. And we'll find COVID-19 
is in the very low dangerous condition stakes. Add to this the numbers of other serious conditions which are being ignored and leaving patients in danger while misplaced COVID-19 priorities see it being the be-all and end-all in this new normal in health care. And your calls and comments are welcome. You can call us from 1850104106. You can text 0868104106 or indeed you can email the show's regular email neil at redfm.ie. Good morning, John. Good morning. You disagree with our last caller, yeah? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I think that uh, in this time, 2020, uh, and this uh, DNA is, is very wrong to teach it. Um, uh, history is about 2,000 years ago, and religious history is to, to, to children. It's just, it just wrong, you know. You only have to teach them ethics, good ethics and you create good human beings and all these things about uh, Mary, uh, Jesus and the Catholic Church, the, what, what they want to uh, endoctrine and things. Endoctrine the, the children is wrong, it's totally wrong. It should be uh, taken out from the, from the system of education. Mm. That's my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, when somebody says religion should be taught in schools, I always say, which religion? And yeah, it's, it's invariably, oh, it's, oh, the religion I believe in should be taught yeah. in schools is, is the answer you get. There's 20 different religions in the world, or more than that, hundreds. Mm. So, okay, we, 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 Christianity came right here and so on and all the story, but let's not forget that, you know, before, before Irish people were, weren't Christians, they were, uh, they were pagans. They, they were uh, praising, the, you know, the sun, the, the rain and so on, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I suppose I if, if if the Catholic Church engendered anything in this country, it engendered, uh, outside of its own actions, of course, engendering criticism, it, it engendered conservative attitudes. And that's that's changing now because attitudes in Ireland, especially towards lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender, the LGBT, uh, that's what it stands for. They're, it's regarded among the most liberal in the world now. Uh, well, you know, yes, I do agree with that, but uh, the Catholic Church is dying, you know, and, and all these Focus, focus, uh, stuff that they they believe to 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 be like and on on um, teaching our children. So, on my opinion, they should be not be teaching ethics, good ethics. It should be uh, taught to the children how they growing up or they're in the school. You know, uh, I know it's gonna be very hard because you know, obviously, be, we've been practically if we, I offend someone, brainwashed by the Catholic religion for the last uh, thousand years. Uh, up to 1993 in this country, homosexuality was a crime. Oh, yeah, I, I do remember the that, you know. Obviously, I am only 40 years old, but uh, still, you know, I can see all the changes. You know, I became an, uh, an atheist person here in Ireland. I've been 18 years living here, but uh, I become 11 years ago, I become an atheist, you know, and I grew up in a really, really strong Catholic uh, background, um, country, you know, uh, even more than, than the Irish people are here in so-called Christians, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm totally, you know, I, I discovered uh, uh, scientific research, you know, proof of, you know, um, psychology, you know, when you when you read history and all that stuff, did you realize it, that it's all, it's all lies, it's just brainwashing. Okay, John, I want to get on to the next call because Jackie wants to take on Con. Thanks a million. Uh, let's go to line two and to Jackie. Good morning. Hi, Jackie. Good morning, Mick. How are you? I'm great. How are you? 
not too bad at all. A little bit angry, I can tell you. Why is that? Oh, well, I've been listening to Con. Um, and, of course, I, I, I've been listening to John and I agree with him. Um, Con is a dinosaur. He's of an old age, uh, an old era where um, views were forced on young children. The irony of listening to Con uh, expressing his concern about our children being brainwashed in schools uh, by uh, LGBT rights being discussed or um, their feelings acknowledged when we were brainwashed from the day we went into school with Catholicism. We were shamed. We were made to be, uh, as, as young women, ashamed of our bodies, our sexuality. Um, it was a, a complete brainwash and indoctrination. And it took generations. And for some of us, it took years of counselling to get beyond it and to find ourselves and to not be ashamed of being young women or, or and even young men. This, this era is a new era. It's a liberal one. It's where people are accepted for who they are, what they are. I was a young girl. I, I went to school in uh, primary school in the 70s. I was a young girl, uh, 18, 19, and I had several friends that came out in an era where uh, homosexuality was decriminalised. Uh, and just before that, when we, we, we started go, going out dancing and whatever, I remember going to, to visit the club, uh, the other place, as it was called, uh, down uh, in St. Augustine Street, to go in to support my friend as he came out. And the fear of knocking at a door, going in, you know, trying to hide who he was in case his parents found out, picking a pseudonym, being ashamed and, and afraid. This is appalling. This is who somebody is. It's human rights. I'm rearing a young girl now who's about to turn 18 in November. And I've met so many of her friends and a lot of them identify, you know, as LGBTQ+. Plus. And, you know, it's wonderful to see them finding themselves, to know that they have acceptance from each other. And I don't care if somebody identifies as a standard lamp. Whatever they choose to be, whoever they are, they should be allowed to be who they are and have their rights and have it accepted by society. When we stop accepting people, we stop accepting who they were or their rights. What did we do in this country? What did Catholicism do for us? You know what they did? They took young women, they locked them away in places like Besborough. They stole their children and sold them. They took their identity, their rights, their babies, Society as a collective judged everyone. I think society, you know, despite the progress we've made, Jackie, I think society still is judging the LGBT sector of our community. Everyone, can I put it this way? Everyone seems to think because we have marriage equality and gender recognition legislation, uh, you know, and we're leading the world in that way, kind of, that everything's just fine now. I still imagine that there are those LGBT people still being asked to leave their family homes when they come out. Absolutely. And I, mean, I, I think, you know, the, the, the vote on equal marriage, you know, people think, well, you know, it's all done now. You can just, if, if you're 13, 14, 15, and you're starting to realise your sexuality, it's the fear of being different, the fear of being judged by your peers, by your family, you know, the intergenerational uh, gap as well, like, you know, where the older generation, not all, and I'm not generalising because, my God, I know some incredibly liberal and wonderful and accepting, uh, you know, older members of our community. But by and large, the old doctrination of the Catholic Church, where there's one faith, where there's one faith, which, I mean, even that's ironic. 
You know, and, and speaking of irony, are you are you finding the irony then in Khan saying we shouldn't have children being informed of LGBT rights? Completely. Okay, he's, I mean, he's, he's ready to debate it with you. Are you up for that? Oh, he's back on the line. Hi, Khan. Yeah, hello. Hello. But uh, children as young, I mean, under 12 or 13 years of age, under, under the use of reason, I mean, they were introduced in it seven, eight or nine. I mean, it's absolutely wrong. And I don't see any... I mean, there's no discrimination, I know anyway, against gay, gay, gay people. They're, I mean, they're, they're walking pride matches there la, la, last year. There were three or four of them. There was a big one in Limerick. No one stopped them. No one threw stones at them or anything like that. And oh, well, is, is that equality if people don't throw stones at you, Khan? Is that, the, is that the standard we're at now? If you're not attacked in the street, well, then you have equality. That's kind of well, the default position, isn't it? A lot of LGBT, the leaders, the people behind it, leading the top, they don't want equality. They want dominance. They want to be the top dog. They want well, their, my God, they, they have a long way to go to get equality, so I'd say we're right. a long, long, long way for dominance. Isn't that everything the Catholic Church wanted, Khan? What? That's everything the Catholic Church wanted. Not dominance and control. They had, they had no, dominance. No, maybe for a few years there. In, in the after Catholic the, Church the tells you you're born. Years. You're born with sin, and there's acts of contrition, contrition, and confession, we are, we are penance. We are, we, are, we are born with sin. We want to be baptized. Can, we're baptized. Those are your I mean, beliefs. You cannot impose no, your beliefs you on people, everybody else. It should not you be see people, people want should, uh, uh, the Catholic Church to be a democracy that can change it. There's rules there and there's a, a, a notions. But then, you see the EU community, the way they're treating, they're treating Ireland with our, our banks and the way they did. No, they don't behave. The criticism of the European Union. And, and Van der Leyen is coming out there now. She's going to take money from Poland because bring they're holding on, up to that. Bring it on. Views. Poland are a disgrace. They should be put they're out not, of the EU if they can't hold they're the they're not a disgrace. of a citizen. An absolute they, they disgrace. suffered under communist rule. They know hard times. What's wrong with Ireland? We've gone soft. We had too many good times in the 70s and oh, 80s and 90s. Maybe we should start beating our children in the school again, in the Catholic school, start beating them the way they used to in the, the 60s and the 70s and the 50s. How did that go? Maybe I, we should I got, start I got a few slaps myself. No, more. It, I, it was totally wrong to slap a child for not knowing his lessons, but for discipline reasons, there was nothing wrong at all if he was disrupting a class. We were abused, is what was what, what, what done. No, 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 no. P- people are... To the Catholic faith that kept Ireland under the British rule. Remember the, the pagan, the penal it's laws? Just under the thumb. And the penal laws it's are coming back. The, the, EU, the EU is anti Christian, anti Catholic. It, it's the Christians. It's going, going to be. The Christians are, are being discriminated now. It's every other religion is alright with the EU, but Christians, and uh, you can see there now, Dion, that, that there's coming in. In France, there's, I don't know, numerous churches have been burned to the ground in France. And does it make the news in RT? No. Does it make the news in, in, in the papers? Does it make... No. They're, they're, they're what about right? telling women go home and give uh, and, their uh, husband their conjugal rights? Irrespective and, uh, of whether they wanted children or not. Would you, did you agree with that, Khan? Did you uh, agree yeah, with sure, women? I mean, that, that's happening in Ireland under Muslim community and under Sharia law. But I don't hear you coming, you're coming out against the Muslims or you're in Sharia law. You don't I, do that at all. Sharia law, no, is law in parts of France and, and in Sweden. I am but, against but you all religions. You'll come out against the Catholic Church tonight. You'll come out against the Catholic Church tomorrow night, but you want another I, religion I, that keeps down women. You won't say nothing about him. Did you say you're against all religions being t- uh, taught in schools, Jackie? All religions. Religion is a private matter. And what about sex and, education? Oh, sex education, of course. That's, that's so important for the development of young children and young minds. They need to know, uh, one, uh, about their bodies, two, 
uh, how to protect themselves against disease, uh, against, um, like, I, I mean, to embrace their sexuality, irrespective of what it is, to normalise it, to make people know that it's okay to be who you are, to, to acknowledge their feelings, to not let them grow up with shame, blame, guilt, to take on other <coughs> issues in society. There is no place for religion. Religion comes from the home. I have no problem with Catholicism. I was uh, baptised and I was reared a Catholic until I made my own choices, saw the world in my way, and I understood what was going on in the schools. I understood that when we were slapped because we didn't know the virtues and the vices, what was going on there. I understood that taking young children in and forcing uh, the, the, the beliefs of the church on them was not okay. It's not okay. The sex education in schools, in secondary schools now, is more like soft porn. It's, it's too, too uh, graphic and uh, it's, 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 it's only promoting. Maybe you should it's tell them to turn off the lights now, lads. Turn off the lights and think of Ireland. Yeah, Kings of Ireland is right, and, and, and you, you said you're a Catholic. Did you vote number one for Michael D. Higgins, oh, uh, a humanist no. atheist, did you? Not alone Michael did I vote. I walked the streets, and I brought my two daughters out to walk the streets as well, to have the right to our own body, and to have nobody take that away from us. Yeah. The right to our body. Con, our Con and body. Jackie, can, can I put it to you that sex, you know, almost as a gift, almost as a sacred act, um belongs nowhere near religion and, and kind of supersedes all religion in a way. Uh, let, me, let me try and make the point. If, if full sexual intimacy needs to be taught to children, uh, you know, you're not getting the full intimate details at a young age, but the, the stigma and taboo around sex is now, is now being uh, removed from children at, at, at a much younger age, okay? The birds and the bees is what we all got, you know, back, when, back in the day. Mm. But sexual intimacy belongs in a totally adult relationship, where there's trust, where there's respect, where there's acceptance and understanding. And I understand that. But you must realize it's a different world now, too. Children are being, are be, because of the internet, because of access out there to the world, children are being exposed to the idea of sex, to uh, the, the, the graphic vision of it on, on mobile phones and whatever. And so what you've got to do is put this in context. If you wait until 13, 14, say, our age, uh, when we were taught about, um, you know, sexual intimacy in, in our era, 14, it's too late. The horse is bolted. Children are having sex much younger or are exposed to, you know, the um, idea of you, it or whatever. And you, that's you, why we need to go back and explain to children you wrong the importance of you know, protecting themselves, of making the right decisions, making choices for themselves and their body, being safe. When we didn't tell children anything about sex, yeah, but, 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 what happened? Okay, let's leave Con in here. Con. Yeah, well, I'll tell you now one thing. This woman there, you, you, said, you said you own your body. I don't, I don't own my body. Con Clement don't own my body. I've only got a loan of it from God Almighty in heaven. I've only got well, a loan of it. That's your belief, Con, and, I tell you, and that's you. I'm and not I, taking that from you, but I believe and I, tell you, and tell and you about I know the sex I education. own my body. The sex you, education are, there, you, you said, you said, oh, you, you have to. Know what um, I know, you have no you right to teach them because of the, of the internet. Well, the internet should be blocked. In, the, the internet, there should be um, censorship on porn on the internet. Well, that's has closed never down going to happen, Con. Never in. It can't happen. It's never going well, to happen. So, what well, we've got to do happen. is live in the real world. The real world. Well, why why don't children? There should be mobile phones for children, especially only for 
for for for voice and hearing. There should be no images well, you know, playing again, children's phones. The real world. The whole world is going online. We will socialize yeah. online. We will eat online. We will work online. We will drink online. We'll do everything online eventually. And who, who loves online only Satan himself, the Antichrist? God he loves God Satan. He loves Satan. First of all, the television came into their rooms in the 60s. We were a great country back in the early 60s. You must be delighted. Matt is online now, too. So Satan is getting in there. He's getting a look in there now at the moment. He's not getting much. He's, they, they only allow the religious program down about before 8 o'clock in the morning. They don't allow him. They should be on there at 1 and a half. I'm not taking your right to believe in what you believe in. But what I'm telling yeah. you, and you're saying you don't own your own body, it's owned to God. That's grand. You're barred from God. But I'm yeah. telling you, you will never have a right to say what I do with my body. And of course, if we yeah. taught children years ago, if we taught children about sex and about their right to their bodies and about their right for nobody to touch it, by God, the Catholic Church wouldn't have had the access to it. And to young children that it did have. And that's yeah, why well, they didn't want it to know. Colin, can, can, can I put it to you that the, the one thing... Uh, and I'm talking here really particularly about the Catholic Church. The, the, the one thing the Catholic Church is kind of against is the is the march of technology, which, which has taken the shine off what the Church advocates, you know, what the Church would want us to believe and to be penitent no, and to be guilty. Because access to information yeah, yeah. is dangerous for the Catholic Church well, because people well, can see what's happening. Sure, Who don't want sure, children to know that what they're being taught is indoctrination? <laughs> The Catholic Church is, 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 I mean, has 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 eroded a lot of the. I mean, I I'm not. Uh, they've they, done too many changes to the mass. You know, I mean, uh, it's, I I'm totally against receiving the host in the hand. I'm totally against it. It's, it's, uh, I should have you want done. to go back to the 1940s, there. There should have been back the altar rails in the church and kneel down, show humility. We are the proudest. Oh, you, you will stand there. We're we're the most liberal country in the world. We're the most proudest country too. We're full of pride. And pride is one of the seven deadly sins, remember. One of the seven deadly sins. I'm guilty of a bit of pride myself too, too much pride. I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. But too much, too much pride. And there, there, there's no humility, no humility. And, and to all stand up the humility and, into us in school, Can How did that work out? I'm from that generation. I'm, I'm 51. I'm from a generation where they beat humility into us. They beat shame, blame and guilt into us. For just being, for being women, for, for having feelings, for having ideas, normal, everyday thoughts. But sure, women, women are supposed to be man's mates. I, I mean, God, Tell God, us, made man, God, made, God made man first, and then he said, he, he, he might be alone, oh, then oh, he took oh. a rib off a man and made a woman. Oh, so should we men should be there. Is that what we should be? No, we should, we should, uh, we, we, we should help. Like you right. It's a good little girl to smile. And no, you know, but, no, but I mean, look, right. your if, you want, right. if you want I to please God, right. like, if you want to please God, and look at all these tattoos, I'm totally against tattoos. That's the form <laughs> of, uh, it's a form of mutilation. That only came in the 1980s when they found a, a lost the tribe of, 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 of Indians out in the Their bodies, let them put on it sudden, what they want. And and uh, I must I must make a, I must make a comment about. Con, make make a final comment because I want to bring James I, in here. I, I'll make a final comment that the MEP from Connacht Ulster, uh, Maria, uh, what's her name? She's um, she's gay. She came out uh, viciously against uh, the, the, the the Polish uh, ex premier Kuczynski, and she's talking about freedom and freedom. What gives the liberals don't want anyone to to, to have an alternative view. Uh, and uh, I don't believe that they said when she began the rose of three, the judges said that they didn't know she was gay. Pull the other one, pull the other would, one. Would, would you not subscribe to the most Christian principle of all, Con? Love is love. Yeah, love is love. Okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah, that's and, and so that's all that matters then. 
and Donald Trump loves his country and God bless him I hope he wins again and I think he's, he's in with a good chance now of becoming the next uh, uh, retaining his presidency there, there's, there's a man who's putting important things in the top putting the, the right to life of the unborn child and he's he's going to he's going a good one and he's going to uh, you know he, we, we have no one like that have we any leaders in Ireland like, like what, him? what a, 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 a Nassarsic <laughs> no, sorry narcissistic megalomaniac yeah, but look, look, he's a man's man. Like he's a man's a man. man. And what about what about misogyny? He doesn't particularly like or or, or glorify women. He he treats them as sexual objects. What's for sure, Irish men are feminists now. They're going to bow down to the women, the women of, of taking control in this well, country. Are I mean, feminists bowing down? Is it rather than the, the, the men are bowing down? The men are bowing down to the women now here. Oh, you can't say a word against feminism here, or you'll be. Con, the, pho- the phones are lighting up, so we thank you for that. But I'm going to have to leave you there and bring in James. Thanks, Con. Hi, James. Good morning. Morning. You agree more or less with Con, do you? Oh yes, I would agree with what Con said, uh, uh, Mick. And I'm also listening there about the LGBTQ. And they always preach, you know, they want inclusiveness and tolerance, Mick. Now at the moment, as you know, J.K. Rowling is under ferocious attack because she happened to have an opinion. And she said that to be a woman, you have to be born a woman. And she's been under the most vicious attack from the LGBTQ. They want to damage her books. She's had death threats. They're writing messages, uh, J.K. Rowling, R.I.P. So they're not a very tolerant people themselves, Mick, when they're preaching tolerance, you know. They want to practice what they preach. You're still with us here, Jackie, are you? I am indeed, and I'm hearing what he's saying about LG, uh, or, uh, the LGBTQ community in relation to J.K. Rowling. And basically, you see, anybody's entitled to their opinion. But when Obviously your, not. When your opinion impinges on the rights of others, when your opinion prevents other people from having equality or moving towards equality, then you are open to be challenged. And unfortunately, these days, or very fortunately for the members of uh, the LGBTQ community and for others who are in minority groups, you have the right to challenge and you have a forum online. And I completely agree with their right to challenge uh, J.K. Rowling, who's a very powerful woman, because uh, she is uh, she's putting out there um, ideas where that uh, transgender women are not uh, to be regarded as women, and that is discrimination. Yeah, we're talking about her new book, Troubled Blood, okay? But is, wouldn't you take it, Jackie and James, that the most powerful way to attack a book is to demonise its author? And Salman Rushdie would agree with you on that one. Yes, and uh, but uh, to... to, 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 to the book. The to add R.I.P. to her, do you think that is reasonable criticism, Mick? No, I would think it's very unreasonable, and I, and I, and I think it's, it's probably born of misogyny. Than anything else. Death threats? Death threats? Is that the way to uh, have a debate? Is that a civilised way to have a debate? Okay, look, an- anyone who was around, in, and I was around in the 80s, when, when the Rushdie fatwa came out, uh, and the man couldn't show his face anywhere in the world, I think the first place he came out in public was on stage with U2, uh, because they, they were highlighting his situation. Um, do, do you agree with, with what James is saying there, Jackie, that uh, it's, it's a step too far to put R.I.P.? after her name and to demonise her in this way? Of course. Well, you see, there'll always be somebody who will take it to the extreme and that and that's not, that's not necessarily representative of the transgender community. And actually, can I say... The they don't condemn it, uh, Jackie. The they don't condemn it. Jedward don't condemn that behaviour. Any trolling or any abuse of somebody, I am, I'm 100% okay to challenge 
openly and cleanly challenge somebody, whether it's online or in person, but I do not and will not ever condone uh, abusing somebody or threatening somebody in any way, shape or form. But challenge, yes. Uh, call them out, yes. Uh, you know, make them stand over their comments and explain why they say these things and also make them aware of the impact it has on young people or on people who are out there trying to live their lives as transgender women and allowing people the right to be who they are. And I'm 100% um, you know, okay with her being really, really challenged on what she's putting out there because it does affect people's lives and people look to her as you know, rightly so, a huge influence in the in the in the minds of people. The, the autumn season for, for book launches is very very crowded, and and there are those who say that perhaps J.K. Rowling uh, initiated this campaign herself. Um, Mick, uh, I really didn't want to get delved in too much in this uh, LGBT because I really came on to defend the Catholic Church regarding, we say, education and uh, the idea that you take the Catholic Church out of education completely. People seem to forget that we would have no education system without the Catholic Church. I agree. No education system uh, in this country only for the Catholic Church. They built all the schools. We would have had no hospitals without the Catholic Church. Mercy Hospital, Bonsecours Hospital, all the hospitals in Dublin built by the Catholic Church on Catholic land, not by the state, I make. And all of the, that's the legacy of the Catholic Church, the education system we have today and the hospital system. Well, where where did the Catholic Church... Disarray, well, what, 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 one of the largest, like McDonald's, one of the largest corporations in the world, a very wealthy corporation that hoards gold and hoards artefacts and arts worth billions while people starve all over the world. Well, what sort of a... Catholic Church do we have today? I understand that uh, all of the education in this country 100 years ago uh, was at the behest of the Catholic Church but it was really built on the backs of the people on Peter's pence, on the, on the, on the subscriptions people were expected to make to the church place. Had an influence because the people wanted them to have an influence. They didn't do it on their own. It was with the support of the people. They wanted the Catholic Church to have an influence. Mm-hmm. And also, you must remember, uh, one of the oldest charities in this country, long before you have the modern charities, and it's still there today, is the St. Vincent de Paul, you know, set up by the Vincentian Fathers. James, I, I, I'm of an age when I remember the Eucharistic processions going down the Grand Parade. Thousands and thousands yes, of people. Yes, I remember well, Mick. <laughs> Those days are gone. Yes, yes. And now we have a world today, which we didn't have in my time, when the church had influence, where life is not sacred. We have homeless men being beaten to death by minors. We have a situation which we I never thought I'd see in this country, where we have a boy A and a boy B. I don't have to go back over that case. Uh, that would never have happened in my day. But now, of course, uh, the young people have fallen away. They're lost. It's not their fault. They're under terrible pressure with this modern world. It is more than ever now they'd want God to fall back on because they're, they're, they're turning to other things like drugs and drink and the dark web. And then that's why we had a boy A and boy B. That's why life does not seem to be sacred anymore, Mick. You have stabbings every day of the week. Young people committing murder now at 16 and 17 and 15 years old. That was not happening when the church had an influence in this country. Okay, so listen, t- guys, t- t- time is against me. Jackie, th- th- thank you very much for your contribution. Lorraine, good morning to you. Hello. Hi, you're, you're saying this is all fascist, bigot rhetoric. Yeah, it really is. Because, look at it this way, they're all, both Khan and I don't know what this other man's name is. James? Stating, uh, James has stated that, you know, people vote out of the church and that what they're saying is right, that you 
can't have your own sexual orientation. Um, women basically, well, don't go back to the kitchen because that's pretty much what Con was saying at the very start. That he was like, we should all be good Catholics and do what the church tells us. I think they forget the fact that the Catholic Church did support the Nazis at the very start. Yes. And that is a fact. Okay. Also, there is numerous religions in the world. Being a Catholic means you're part of a Christian community. Whether you're Catholic, Protestant, whatever. Okay. Or born again Christian. It's under a branch of Christianity. They also forget the fact that both Christianity and um, being a, a Muslim both come from Jude, uh, from uh, Judaism. Both are a branch of that. It's just absolutely appalling. I'm just sitting here listening to very, very scary stuff, to be very honest, because if we're going to go down this, if people think they can go down this road of, how would I put it, that we're going, going backwards, basically, do you know, Anyone that's LGBTQ, lock them up. Anyone who's different, lock them up. You're not saying lock them up, James, are you? The Catholic Church never said it, even when I was a young boy. Never said to lock them up. It was the state brought those laws in, not the church. It was the state brought in the laws of criminalizing homosexuals, not the Catholic Church. Please please remember your history. I'm sorry, but you do, you're the hug of the history. Um, you do realise that when the Constitution was written, it was not just written by De Valera, it was written with the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, it was written with a bishop. It was written with the, the what, um, consulting with the bishop. It was written with the Catholic Church in mind. Lost is written in the Constitution is based around religion. It's easy to say that, you know, they never said lock them up, that that was the state. That's wrong. Because it is, it was said by the church. The church has, like, there's, um, I think, Mick, you said about, you know, about the church having all the money, all artifacts, things like that. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Catholic Church put about 40,000 witches our so-called witches to death during the, you know, during the Middle Ages, shall we say. I, I've got to take a break, James. Final comment from you? Well, no, I just said uh, I, 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 we're, we're tired. We, we Catholics are tired of this constant bashing we've got over the, the past number of years. And no, nobody who comes on to bash the Catholic Church are not at, at all balanced. There's no uh, points, given to, or points given for the good things they did, you know? Yeah. All these sacrifices that nuns made all over the world got killed and murdered in Africa, trying to help the poor in Nigeria and all those places in Biafra. It was the Catholic Church that stood with the people in Biafra against the military, and hundreds of nuns and priests were killed there. And Rome and Ireland. Okay, final comment, Lorraine. Thank, thank you, James. Final comment, Lorraine. One of the areas I studied was Catholicism with Rome and Ireland, okay? The only reason that like we have Catholicism in and in Ireland is because the Roman Church decided they wanted to include all nations within Catholicism. They wanted to reach out to all nations. 
but under their control and under their rhetoric. And in that sense, now, I suppose, if, I if you don't control the schools, you, you don't control the, the input of, of new recruits exactly. to, to the doctrine. All right, got to leave it there. Thank, thanks a million, Lorraine. Okay. I said I've got to leave it there. Thanks a million. Bye. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's coming up on 21 minutes to 11 o'clock now. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And a very good morning to you. This is Mick Mulcahy. Lorraine, apologies. You didn't finish your point. Do you want to make a final point? Sorry, Lorraine. Uh... Karen, pick her up. Okay, we'll come back to her in a moment. Uh, but you can keep the calls coming, one eight five zero one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106 or email uh, neil at redfm.ie. We're trying to get uh, Lorraine back, but meanwhile, by text, uh, Jackie for president says one te- uh, text. Another one says, I agree with Con. Women and man, woman and man were made for each other. What people do is their own business, but the LGBT wouldn't be my cup of tea. Every religion agrees uh, that man and woman should be together, so all religions can't be wrong. Another text says Con for president. So it's Jackie for president on one side and Con for president on the other side. And one or other says, oh my God, ask that one if masturbation should be taught to young kids in school. Uh, hi Mick, I was just listening this morning and I would like to remain anonymous if you don't mind. I'm emailing you about a relation of mine who is a confirmed case at the moment in one of the schools in Cork. Three out of five of the family have tested positive for COVID-19. I have a number of kids who are out of work and school since last Thursday, and I myself am out of work too. I had to get tested twice, and my kids and my partner were tested. I'm still waiting since Friday for test results for my eldest daughter, who's out of work now a week. She only recently started a new job, is at risk of losing that job because she's waiting on the COVID test results. We can't see our parents, and the children can't see their grandparents. Imagine waiting nearly a week for results when Stephen Donnelly had them back within two hours. We also have a communion on Saturday. Uh, This is an email from last week, and if we don't get the results now, we're going to have to cancel our child's communion again. I also got a text message with my result as negative, with the date saying the 1st of January 1990. There are seven of us all together having to isolate and stay at home waiting on results since last Thursday, which would have been Thursday week. Uh, and obviously that uh, texter wants to remain anonymous. Uh, hi, Mick and the Red FM team. I just want to highlight the fact that people from Cork and the Republic of Ireland are travelling to Europe using the UK corridor and quarantine uh, are not required to come back through Belfast Airport uh, and travelling down to the Republic of Ireland. I think that's written wrong. Uh, using the UK travel corridor and are not required to quarantine when they come back through Belfast Airport and travelling back down to the Republic of Ireland. I know three people who travelled from Lithuania and two people who travelled from Poland in the past week. All five of these people travelled into Belfast and drove to Cork, not having to quarantine and back into work the following day. They even mentioned how Belfast Airport is extremely busy now as many people from the Republic are using Belfast Airport to get on holidays, etc., without the need to quarantine. It's ridiculous that the Irish government has restrictions in place in Dublin, Cork and Shannon airports, but still people are able to travel through Belfast, just drive up the M1 and use the UK travel corridor. If that's the case, should the Irish government need to implement something at the Northern Ireland border or else follow the same green list travel bubble as the UK travel corridor? Thank you. Love the show. Please don't call my details out on air. 
I just wanted to voice my concerns. And one other email, uh, and I'll get through to them. I just wanted to get Lorraine back. I think she wanted to finish her point, but if we can't get her, we'll just move on. Hi, Mick. I went into the registry office this morning with my wife to obtain the AM for her mother, who passed away recently. When we got there, there was a notice on the door saying, uh, saying marriage certs only and a phone number to contact. While outside, I tried the number numerous times. All I got was an engaged tone. Anyway, eventually a woman came to the door, so I asked her about a death cert. And in a very abusive manner, she replied, the offices are not open to the public. Go online. Needless to say, my wife was upset in the manner we were treated. There was no need to inform us uh, in that manner. They could just as easily put more information on the door with a phone number already there and no one would bother them. So for the info of your listeners, please inform your listeners not to waste their time looking for birth or death certs because they're not dealing with the public. What's the country coming to? Can they not allow two or three people at a time to go in and go back to their usual service? Uh, thank you, says Dave, who says keep up the good work. We'll get to more emails before the end of the program. Uh, okay, let's go to line one and to Ed O'Reilly. Hi, Ed. Hey, good morning, Mick. How are you getting on? Very good. You're a lifestyle pharmacist. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. What exactly is that? Well, uh, I, I um, uh, talk to people about what they're doing in their life that could be contributing to their ill health. Okay. So, like, washing your hands all the time, isolating, putting on sanitizer, yeah, I, all this kind of thing. Uh, that would be one thing. It could also be what contributing factors are causing you to be more susceptible to viruses or what factors are you um, using in your life that's uh, contributing to your ill health. Mm -hmm. Ed, I I think at this stage people are certainly COVID-weary. So how would you advise people to face COVID with a smile and be upbeat about it? Well, and this is something, like, the negative narrative is something that really does concern me. And sometimes I wonder... Just the crisis management is a little bit disproportionate and maybe the damage, what's being caused out of what things are changing. Uh, you're saying that pe- sa- pe- people are more anxious, depressed, suicide rates are rising, unemployment is rising, people are feeling more and more isolated? Absolutely. And that's certainly an angle which seems to be a lot more common. And it's very sad to see it because you can see the sadness in people's eyes. So what, what, what would you advise? Is, is, is a good diet essential? Uh, we were hearing a lot over the weekend about the, the importance of vitamin D. Absolutely. And this is something which isn't been said enough in my eyes. And I think there was a, a lecturer in Trinity, his name has, has, has gone from me, but he was basically saying early on in this pandemic that vitamin D was, was very, very important. And there, there's lots of research now coming out to actually back this gentleman up because we are living in Ireland. We are um, low in vitamin D. A lot of us are. And there is a level at which vitamin D is very beneficial for your health in general, but with regards to making your body less susceptible to this virus that's actually affecting lots of people. So one thing that I actually sent into you this morning was there was actually um, research done and over 190,000 people, they were looking at their basically their susceptibility to the virus and their levels of vitamin D in their body. And there was a strong positive correlation associated with low levels of vitamin D 
an increased positivity for COVID-19. Would, would you agree that when we were first asked to restrict our movements, and I, I hate calling it lockdown, but when we, were, when we were first at much more stringent levels of restriction than we are today, that we were a lot more collegiate, we were a lot more inclined to help each other and be more positive about our restrictions than we are today? But see, this is the problem, and I would have agreed with the, the lockdown in the, in the early parts of this. And there's a lot more medics coming out to disagree with the narrative. And, you know, the problem here is if Edward Riley says that wall is blue and somebody says, well, you're wrong, it's black, we're not even allowed to discuss it. But the factors that I think people need to be aware about is that your health is governed by what you eat. And when you walk past some of these big supermarkets and you see the amount of sugar that's in these supermarkets and you look at the top 10 selling items in Ireland, you have to turn around and say, well, now I know why people are sick, chronically sick and maybe more exposed or susceptible to this virus due to what they eat. So my, my, my viewpoint would be we can strengthen our immune system through our lifestyle. This is what the World Health Organization was initially set up to do, was to help people with their health Okay, I, I, I take your point. What we should be hearing on the news and on the radio and TV is knowledge to empower people to help themselves with, with, with a better diet and maybe look at some of the vitamins that will be helpful uh, to keep them positive and to keep them engaged in the battle against COVID. Ed, I have to leave it there. Thanks a million. I'm back in a moment with uh, Jenny. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And a very good morning to you. My apologies for having to rush through some of the topics. There's just not enough time. Uh, but here we go again. Back to our phone lines and to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi, good morning, Mick. You think we need to be careful here in Cork we don't move to a level three ourselves? I do. And if I look at the numbers, um, certainly in the last seven days, from the 14th to the 20th, we had 102 cases. But in the previous seven days, from the 7th to the 13th, we had 23. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's nearly a five fold increase um, and it can happen very quickly I mean the 14 day incidence in Cork on the 9th was 6 yeah, the, um, the, the, talk, the talk of second wave and, and a winter of, of extreme pressure on our health system was just talk uh, back three or four months ago, I think it's starting to become very real. If you look at the the setup now, the temporary uh, tents that were outside the Mercy now replaced with, with more solid structures I, I think a second wave is, is becoming pretty much a distinct possibility moving towards reality now. Well, Mick, I think, you know, Cork has been doing really well. And I think that's important to acknowledge. And I don't know what we were doing here, but we seem to be doing it right. And, you know, before things get out of control, I think it'd be really useful if we had local community people like your county councillors, your local politicians, your mayors, all these kind of people who are leaders and influencers in the community, getting out there and talking to people and getting the message out, a positive message around, look, guys, just be very careful, double down your efforts. Because, you know, if we get to level three, level four, level five, and it's Christmas, it, you know, we need to think about those sort of medium term plans. And everyone wants to have a nice Christmas and you want to have family over to your house. It's a discussion but in itself, actually. Would it, would it be not much of a Christmas or would it be, you know, back to a proper family Christmas? 
Well, I don't think it's going to be back to the proper family Christmas of last year. But I think people should start thinking and planning about a nice Christmas they can have, meeting, you know, important members of their family and important friends. But it's certainly not going to be, you know, what it was last year. And I think if people try to accept that and try to plan around it, because there could be a worse alternative, which is, you know, back to restricted movements and yes. nobody allowed come to your house. Have a listen to this, Jenny. Have a listen to this. Make I just passed the North Cathedral. There's a communion on. It was packed outside the church and not a mask in sight. Holy God, if that's the case, there's big trouble ahead. There was no social distancing whatsoever. They're all packed up on each other outside. Maybe it's just a photo thing, but it's just not on. Well, first of all, look, if it's outside, I would say... Um, you know, we know that the virus doesn't um, travel as fast and is not as infectious in an outdoors environment. And if it's for a short period of time while people get a photo, fine. You don't want to, you know, make people's lives misery. But look, you know, I think if everybody just thought again, stop and think, you know, try and double down their efforts, make a change to your effort versus yesterday. And do, yes, do think about those occasions because, you know, they can quickly get out of control. Yeah. Okay, Jenny. I I suppose what you're saying is be the change you want to see in Cork and across the country. Take some personal responsibility. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prindeville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And I got talking about Teddy uh, Mac over the weekend and the song. Uh, that Miles Gaffney had played, and it turns out Teddy Mac is involved, I think, in Passage West GAA, and Passage won the double yesterday. Uh, so well done, 26 years since they won the double, and I believe Teddy's daughter is a fervent listener to the programme as well. So good morning to Sinead and to Gemma and the girls uh, working for a very tough boss, Joe Hayden, in uh, IPS Groupage, and I know you're listening right now, so uh, thanks for having us on in your place of work. Now, on the uh, subject of LGBT, just in relation to the discussion taking place right now, a text uh, came in. Teaching about different sexualities and identities in schools is not indoctrination. We grew up in school being taught exclusively about heterosexual relationships. And surprise, lots of people are still LGBT+, plus, regardless. And the effect of not being taught about different relationships or having any knowledge of how to navigate them, has left us with generations of people struggling with unhealthy relationships. So says Conrad, I'm former Mr. Gay Cork, he says as well. Now, asthma attacks at schools, uh, and line one is uh, Andrea. Good morning, Andrea. Hi, Mick, how are you? Very good. We touched on this last week about the kids having to wear the, uh, the masks for, you know, all of their time in school. Some of them uh, during PE, some of them have to even wear it in the yard at break time. Yeah, but my daughter is an asthmatic and on Thursday night she went back to her dance class after being out for months and unfortunately she only lasted an hour into it because she got an asthma attack and um, we had to bring her home and bring her to South Dock because with her asthma of shortness of breath, she was wheezing, you know, I, like even though I knew it was an asthma attack, I still had to bring her to South Dock to be, because because the, similar, the symptoms are similar to COVID. Now her her temperature goes up as well when she gets the asthma attacks. It was very, very worrying. So it was an asthma attack, but the doctor outside in South Dock asked her, is she wearing a mask or a visor all day? And I said, she's wearing a mask because the school don't recommend the visors. He said, I don't recommend the mask for her, he said, because he said she's restricting her breathing all day. And then when she's going in to do physical activity, he said she just can't do it. Okay. So shouldn't she be exempt with her condition from wearing a mask? The school didn't recommend it at the start. So because they were saying that they weren't ineffective, 
so um, she was very reluctant to wear the mask because she said that she didn't want to be singled out inside the classroom and I'm sure there's other asthmatics inside there that would have if one of them wore a visor they'd all wear the visor but when I rang the school on Friday because she was out sick and I just said to them look it's either she wears the visor or she doesn't come back I said it's as simple as this I said I can't take this for the whole for the whole winter because her chest will get worse it does get worse from about October, November until about February or March and um they, they they got back to me and they said, look, she can. She can actually wear the visor. So I'm hoping from today it works. But she also has to wear it now during PE. So at the moment I said, look, she's not going to do PE because I don't want her breathing restricted with, with potentially bringing on an asthma attack doing physical activity. I can't take the chance with her. OK, because if she only lasted an hour at dancing, she's probably not going to last a full PE class, is she? No, and like I'd rather, I'd been honest myself, I'd rather she do her dancing class. She's been doing it since she was five. I was lucky in say that the teachers know her so well and that she's been in the same, um, she's been with CAD performing at since she was five years old and that they knew exactly what to do and they knew that it was an asthma attack and it wasn't anything else and they knew how to deal with it. But like, it's just very, very scary. Like, she doesn't want to give up her dance class and I don't want her to because I think at the end of the day, their mental health is important as well. So for every asthma attack she gets, you have to bring her to somewhere like South Dock? I'm going to have to because because of the symptoms of the asthma attack. Of the asthma attack. And if it's been... Because I'm, I'm actually afraid of my life in case they turn around to me at one time and tell me it could be COVID. Mm. You know, I like... I asked her, how do, you fringe, how do you differentiate? They said because her breathing regulated after she used the inhalers and her temperature went down, then... It wasn't covered related and it hasn't gone back up since and she's been okay the last few days at home. She's been perfectly fine. So we knew then it wasn't covered related. But I mean, what am I meant to do? Am I, like, am I meant to bring her to the doctor every single time that she gets an asthma attack thinking that it's going to be COVID? Or, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to know. There are other people out there in the same situation as me with children with asthma and, you know, what is, what is their take on it and what... What are they doing about it? You know, are their kids wearing visors? Are they, you know, are they worried about the symptoms being similar and stuff? Like, it's, it's a worrying time, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's in or out of school at the moment? Do you have, she's, do you have, in, she's, she's in, in with, with a visor? wearing a visor, yeah. So yeah. I'm just hoping that, that this week... Now, she's supposed to have pee tomorrow, but I wrote a note that saying that she won't be doing it with the visor on, so I might probably take her out for those two classes and bring her home and give her a bit of a break. And then I'm just, I'm hoping as the weeks go on that she'll feel a bit better. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I won't know until until we see. I, yeah. I just don't know. I guess, I guess she's got to build up her, build the lungs up and, 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 and take the exercise by degree, is it? Yeah, that's basically it, I think, yeah. Like we've never, like we've always been able to control the asthma. We've always been able to monitor it and control it. But, you know, um Thursday night was scary. I have to say it really was. It frightened me because she, like, you know, she she was she got a fright herself. She really was afraid, and like she's normally not like that after getting an asthma attack because she knows how to deal. She has it since she was born. Like so, you know, it was it was it felt different the other night. You know, with after getting it in the middle of dance when she's never kind of got it in dance. She might get shortness of breath doing it, but never a full on attack. You know. Yeah, and how were they able to tell so quickly that it was just an asthma attack? Because her breathing monitored, her breathing um, regulated, her breathing relaxed. Yeah. It regulated as soon as she took her inhalers. Okay. And her temperature went down practically straight away when she relaxed. And that wouldn't have if it was COVID anyway? He said that it wouldn't have, no. He said that her breathing wouldn't have regulated as fast with the inhalers. He said that she'd need she'd need oxygen, he said, and that um like her temperature he said would have been would have been through the roof and he said 
that it wouldn't have come down as quick as what it did. You know, but her temperature tends to go up when she's getting attacked because she panics. So, you know, there's similar symptoms to COVID. Anyway, so am I meant to be at her check now every single time she has an asthma attack? Like, I just don't know. Okay, Andrew. Well, we put it out there. If anyone else can offer you some support or maybe you could even start a, a contact WhatsApp group or something, a support group to find out how the kids are doing. But for now, yeah. it's it's visor allowed and hopefully that will hopefully that will remedy that the situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, lots of children struggling with the masks these days. Thanks a million, okay. Andrea. To be honest, I'm, I'm struggling with myself. Like, I'm asthmatic myself, so I struggle with themselves for a time as well, just going into the shops and stuff. But, like, so why wear the visor? But I can't, I, I don't know how even the children on a normal basis are stuck, sticking them all day, every day inside in the school. It's just, I think they need to look at breathing breaks and stuff for them or something, you know? It's yeah. just very, very hard, like... Or, or rotate five minutes in the yard, you can get some fresh air. Yeah, but I agree. Like, I mean, my child is in secondary school. I know they have to, like, I, I, I want, all I want to do is keep my child safe. Like, I, I don't want her to get COVID. I don't want anyone in my family to get it. I don't want anything like that. And I just, but like, at the risk of her other health issues, then, like, you know, like, what, what do you do? Yeah, I, I, I feel for you. Um, I hope you don't have to go rushing back to South Dock many more times. Of course, there's an expense involved in all of that as well, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks very much. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Uh, this one by email. Hi, Mick. Without adding fuel to the interesting debate, there is an unbelievable disconnect. For all that's wrong with the Catholic faith and the appalling behaviour of men of cloth, the Irish people disconnected from their church in their thousands and have proudly stood up for gay rights. While some correctly criticise the Catholic Church for the handling of such scandals, many others fail to acknowledge the great work that has been done. My point is, uh, and even with gay rights, everyone is happy that your sexuality and expressing your sexuality is no longer a taboo subject in Ireland at least. But just remember the same people that are lambasting the Catholic Church are conveniently missing the point that being gay is forbidden in other prominent religions around the world. Some of those religions are being practised here in this country. The Irish have proudly challenged the Catholic Church on their stance on homosexuality, but conveniently ignore the religions in the world that have jailed, sentenced to death, uh, homosexuals. Surely the movement between sexual freedom will only be successful when all religions accept that people's sexuality is their own choice. For some, they think about the war on Catholicism, as it only applies to 29% of the world's religion, while conveniently ignoring Islam, that is 24%. This is a massive disconnect and a huge worry, actually. Do people think that sexual liberation in Ireland and the UK will change the attitudes of governments in Iran, in Saudi Arabia, in Afghanistan? The world must get the movement going towards sexual freedom and not just attack after attack on the Catholic religion who are at least coming to the table to discuss issues with kind regards, uh, says Pat. Now, back to line two and to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Hi, Mick. How are you? Good. What is it, my friend? What, what can you tell me? Well, firstly, congratulations to Red FM for, for, allowing, uh, for allowing our voice a platform. It's, it's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, and on, on what issue? Well, the, the whole COVID nineteen narrative. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had Mike, um, Michael last week, who who was it was quite refreshing in his challenge, but some of what he was saying a little outlandish that people should be charged with treason, etc. I, I I agree with him. I agree with him. The leaders in our government are they're lying to us, Mick. They're lying to us uh, along with the uh, mass media. It's 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 all it's psychological. It's psychological. I mean, like. If if this pandemic was as deadly and infectious as we're told we're told it is, 
we we'd see it in our communities, Mick. You know, we'd see we'd we'd know we'd know many people who are dying from it. We wouldn't need we wouldn't need all this brainwashing we're getting, which with posters and stickers and arrows on the ground and twenty four hour news coverage. It's um it's psychological. It's psychological, Mick, and it's 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 not about a virus. It's about control. It's about removing our freedoms. But if, if you believe that, and, and, and we have allowed some of that rhetoric on, on the air, and you know, we should because it's, it's, the program is meant to offer balance. But if, if you believe in, in that situation, Brian, then who do you think is pulling the strings at the very top? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's the extremely rich and wealthy. They've been planning this before anyone living today was born. This has been in the making. Like there was, uh, like I'll, I'll tell you about an event that was held in New York last year, in October last year. You can go online and find this yourself. It's called Event Two O One, right? It was a meeting, a tabletop discussion, and at that meeting, you had like world leaders, you had world health leaders, you had the, uh, the CEOs of of, uh, of the mass media. They were discussing a possible upcoming coronavirus pandemic. Now, this was months before the first reported case in Wuhan, China. So, yeah, but, I mean, like... like well, co- co- coronavirus is, is, is also the flu. Coronavirus has been around for, for hundreds of years, and, and it's been around for decades as a term. And that's, exact, that's, that's, why they've, that's why they're using the coronavirus. They're using the coronavirus. It's a family of viruses, and the common cold is part of it, right? So what they're doing now is they're using cases not deaths, not hospitalizations, but cases. Yes, positive swabs. So, positive swabs, and that's why the government are pushing so hard for more testing. We need to test more people. We need to set up Nightingale hospitals. We need to set up tents and test more people. Because the more people you test, the more positive cases you get. And bear in mind, Mick, a lot of these cases are asymptomatic, meaning people don't feel sick. Like, if you're sick, your body tells you you're sick, Mick, you know? Mm-hmm. You know you're sick. You don't need to be told by, by, by a dodgy test, which, which is dodgy. The inventor himself of this PCR test came out and he said, you cannot use this test to pick up viruses. It doesn't work. So what the test does, it picks up any genetic material found in the body and it comes back with a positive test. And the government are using this data to lock down the country People aren't sick, Mick. A pandemic means dead bodies everywhere. I know there's people dying in the old in the old homes. That's another story. Polarized views out there now, Brian. Um, one text says, "Let that man speak." I agree with Brian 100. percent And the other one says, "Balance, Mick. Get Brian off for God's sake." Uh, well, but of course, anybody with an opposing view who wants to take you on can ring in because it's it's a free country in that regard. So you're more than welcome to call us on one eight five zero one zero four one zero six. In the meantime, carry on. Well, you know, like I'm sure you've noticed that there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are on our side now because a lot of people are relieved that there's the, the other side is getting a platform to talk. There's, there's lots of people can see this. We, there was five six thousand in, in Dublin last Saturday marching against that regulations. I have to say, against yeah, because we can see the regulations are they're stupid, Mick. They're stupid. You know, just staying away from your family. Don't gather in, in groups in more than a certain amount. It's all anti-human, anti-love measures that, 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 that are being brought in by our government. And this mask man- mandate, these masks are detrimental to our health. This government is mandating something that is detrimental to our health. So that's why you see people without masks. They know it's not about a virus. Like I haven't worn a mask once and I have no intention of wearing a mask. 
because I know that it's not about a virus. It's about control. Masks are symbolic now, Mick. They're symbolic. They're, they're submissive. So masks are symbolic of us being stripped of our freedoms. Absolutely, it's a, it's a, it's a cue to our government. It it, it tells our government how many people are going along with this. And another thing as well, if you wear a mask all year, right through the summer, and if you're living in fear, and if you're wearing that mask, you're harboring bacteria. It's it's, it's harboring bacteria. You're breathing back in your CO two. It's a, and by the time flu season comes around. You're going to have people who are sick from but Brian, it. Can, can I ask who, at the very highest echelons of power, would want to tank the global economy, would want to tank the airlines, would want to decimate the tourism industry, would want to decimate manufacturing? There's, if, you, if you research, <clears throat> go online and research the World Economic Forum, it's called the Great Reset. These really extremely wealthy and powerful people want a world for themselves. They want to change the fabric of society. They want a different world, so they want. They need to destroy this world we're living in now, and raise their own world out of the ashes. That's 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 their own words. But that that hasn't been. That, that's sort of the fascist rhetoric of Adolf Hitler. Well, you you said it, Mick. You said it. This is it's it's we're we're being conned. We're being conned. There's no there's no major pandemic going on. It all it exists in the media. And and, and who is and which politicians are, are are complicit in all of this? Uh, are, you, are you accusing our own politicians, Boris Johnson, yes. Donald Trump, maybe? Yes, yes, the leaders, the leaders, they, 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 the heads of government, they're, they're involved in this. And they're working with mainstream media to scare us all into compliance. That's what's going on. And they're using, like I said, they're using cases, hospitalizations are down. There's, there's less dead people in Ireland this year than the previous five-year average. During a, during a pandemic, come on, come on! People need to look beyond their nose and turn off turn off RTE news, turn off mainstream media. Look beyond your nose because this is affecting everybody directly in a very negative way. People I, owe it to themselves. Brian, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking for someone to oppose you just in, in the interest of balance. But I think we have got someone who agrees with you. Dan, good morning. Good morning. You think it's all about control as well? I do. I think it's all about control. Go on. Because how are people going to meet? It's going to be impossible. You know? That's my take on it. All right, what would you say to that, Brian? Well, that's one part of it. That's, that's, that's one part of it. You know, we, we can get into that whole... Um, I mean, you know, the, the, the end game is depopulation. You know, the, the, these, these elites, these, these, these psychos... They, they, they think there's too many of us in the world. And what so would you say I, to anyone who's listening now, guys, who, who think you're a couple of headbangers? Well, that's why I'm beyond caring about that, Mick. You know, I'm beyond caring about being called a headbanger. You know, we're in the 11th hour here. We need to start sounding the alarm here, you know. So being called a few names, I, I can live with that. I'm used to it. I don't care. I don't care. I know we're, I know we're on the right side of history here, Mick. There's thousands, there's millions of us around the world. But our voice isn't given a platform because mainstream media is owned is owned by the same people who are trying to move this forward. So why would they allow us allow us a voice? And of course they're going to they're going to paint us with the with the with the conspiracy nutbrush, you know. But I, I don't care about that. I, you know, people who know me, my friends, my family, my loved ones, they know me. They know that um, I, I'm, I'm speaking the truth. Mm. But anyway, about this virus, anyway, I think I think what. Uh, 
the drink should be taken off the supermarket shelves and the art prices is closed down at least for one month. Give the public well, we, don't need any, we don't need any more closures. Open up your businesses. Open everything up. Uh, you, you know, do the opposite what the government are telling us. We'll be much better I off. Agree. I wouldn't agree with opening up, opening up, opening up. There's not a deadly infectious disease sweeping through communities. There's not. Where's all the dead bodies? What's I look the other day, pandemic? What is the definition of a pandemic? There's not a lot of dead the bodies. of a country are losing their people because of a virus is killing them. We've less people dead in Ireland this year than the previous five-year average. That's that alone should have you questioning what's going on. I want to bring Mick in here on the WHO. Th- thanks for that, Dan. Brian, stay with us. Mick, good morning. Good morning, Mick. How are we doing? Good. Now, you're on about the World Health Organization. I am, Mick. Uh, I see something there from the earlier today that white children go to school to an informed consent to give them the vaccine. They don't need parents' consent. That's right. So, by, by oh, going to school, you're you're tacitly giving your consent, is it? Attendance are, but, is... Which is all wrong, Mick, because, look, first of all, people should go away and look up the ingredients of the vaccine and see what the side effects are. And if there is side effects, who's going to be held liable? I, I, I can't see this country giving children any vaccine w- without individual parental consent. Oh, oh Mick, no, that's not They have solid out they intend in vaccinating every child in the country from the age of 2 to 12 with a nasal vaccine. They do, and Bill Gates is pushing all this. You know, he wants to depopulate the world by 95%. Why does he want to do you that? Know, he opened the images. These people think there's too many of There'd be nobody to buy his Microsoft products. He's not worried about that. He sold all that out. He's concentrating in this now. He's part of an evil evil satanic cult out to depopulate the world. And he needs to be held to account. And also, Mick, anyone who's pushing this with the vaccines and everything else and the COVID pandemic, they should be held personally liable. There's doctors there speaking all about vaccines. What about under their Hippocratic oath? They need to be held accountable. More doctors need to come out and speak out. They do, without a doubt. Well, if, we a, few, a few that have, have, been, have been pushed aside, which is, which is certainly bordering on ominous. Um, but they're, they're, we, we're, the we're getting a lot, a lot of texts to say, where are you guys getting your proof? Where's, where are you guys Not getting RTE. all of this conspiracy Not from? RTE. You have to look beyond your nose, look beyond mainstream media and dig deeper. You, the information is there. There's no excuse now for ignorance in this day of instant information. Look deeper. Stop listening. To the, to the mainstream news, they're complicit in this. It's a psychological war being waged on us, Nick. All right. Brian and Dan, thank you very much. Uh, we've given you a bit of time, and I'd love to get some opposing views uh, to bring some balance. In general, the, the balance is there, because not many people would agree with what you're saying, guys, but uh, happy to hear from you in any case. Th- thanks, Brian, and thanks, thanks Dan. Thank Let, you. Bye-bye. Let's go to the texts here, because this is a very polarised issue, and, and we're, we're getting, you know, one side... Black, one side white or whatever. This is all a hoax to frighten us all, says one texter. Another texter said, I'm fed up with people saying double down. They don't want to make lives, uh, they don't want to make lives miserable. Go and check the HSE. Suicides are now higher than COVID deaths. Why, as a 61 year old, can I not uh, make informed decisions on how I live and possibly die? I'm fed up. There's no life when all you speak about uh, at the most two people a day, sometimes more, but normally that's all I speak to two people a day. I'm so fed up with what this government is doing. It's actually sometimes disappointing to wake up. This is the new born for the elder generation. That's a text I've read as we got it. Now, can you ask the caller about his medical qualifications, please? Says Anne. Another texter says, great man, talking some truth, great for the ears. Keep him on. 
Our mental health is at great risk with all the suicides. Well said, Brian. A rock of common sense. Another texter says he's right. Another texter says, where the heck is his proof? Another texter says, OMG. Oh, my God. Laughing. Birth reduction. I'm a midwife. I'm dreading Christmas in January. There's going to be one hell of a boom. Everybody working from home. That pair are lunatics. Another texture says, it's not conspiracy anymore, it's a working theory. And once again, where are they getting their information? Where is their proof? And one final texture says, the best laugh I've had in days. Is it April the 1st? Those two are really nuts. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. It's a busy one. Good morning, mate. Can you let the last two callers know I'm doing a two-for-one offer on tinfoil hats? For this week only. Uh, so says James. Uh, good morning to you, Seamus. Hello. How are you? Hi. You would agree there's more going on than we know about or are, are being told about? I reckon so. I think there's a lot of, you know, there is weight behind some of the theories and behind some of the callers. I know a lot of the listeners will listen to them and say, oh, they're, they're off their heads or whatever it may be, but maybe not, you know. At the end of the day, like with RTE as well, it's very much singing to the tune of the, the, the government hymn sheet and that's all they they just televise and, and um, uh, you know more or less advertise what the government wants you to know not the truth and I mean it's really it's it's been telling last week when Jennifer Sambrelli on 2FM which is owned by RTE obviously um, just offers to open up a debate on mask wearing to the public and her show was axed on the spot by the bosses of RT. I mean, that says it all. Yeah, like, the topic I mean, was asked, not, 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 not the show. The topic was asked. No, not her show. But they, they, I mean, the topic was, even so, the, the topic was asked. Why? Why are people not allowed to ask questions and debate it? But, but do you, you know, honestly has, think that, 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 that the powers that be in our government and at the very top echelons of the Department of Health have anything yeah. but the good health and uh, safety of our nation? No, I, no, I don't think so, because if, if you had a team of actuaries in, in a room, right, and, and you ask them, what's your opinion? Never mind health experts, but even just based on numbers, that's way up the, the, the side effect of all of this. Do we pin, on our, pin all of our hopes, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody with ailments and her elderly, but the fact of the matter is, do we pin all of our hopes on saving one life of an elderly man or woman who already has uh, serious health issues and it's not in theory going to die of COVID-19, but with it, over the 50,000 backlog of cancer patients who include women, men and children waiting for chemotherapy, amongst many other ailments out there. No, the answer is no. We can't outweigh that. Like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So the mantra that the government are giving you is bull, really. And there is a lot of weight behind what some of these people are saying. Like, RT are only going to give you what the government wants you to hear, not the truth. And that's the fact that it's been shown. And if, I mean, if actually the topic or the offer to the public to debate the issue of mask wearing is axed on the spot, what does that tell you? I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work that one out. Not to mention, like, that the Irish government really, with them, it's all about money. I mean, what's the first thing they did? Despite the mantra of Michal Martin and the new Fianna Fáil and all the rest, and all of the promises of uh, December last year, just before the election campaign, what was the first piece of legislation he made sure he rushed through for the super junior ministers? The €16,000 pay rise. And then they lied about it. Because they tried to cover it up as, a, as um, some sort of reduction when they backtracked on it. When in effect, with the Haddington Road Agreement, they're still getting a pay rise. So no, I, 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 the, the whole issue there was, uh, yeah, and, and I've said I said that live on the air to the Minister for Public yeah. Expenditure, uh, Michael McGrath, but the whole issue there was that there was three had to be elevated because it's a three-party coalition. 
Uh, and I think at the end of the day, to save the blushes, uh, the two said they would reduce their wages to accommodate the third. So they're just sharing uh, the two. Well, uh, I know that's the detail. I understand that. But in saying that, like, you know, if you're trying to follow through on your mantra that you sold the people after a really poor campaign previously, and not to, not to mention after screwing the country over back in 2006, 2007, they had one chance to, chance to get back in and, and, and demonstrate real leadership or actually try to fulfil a promise to your people. What do you do? You do that. I mean, that says everything about what they're about. There's no change. They, we're being sold to Europe anyway. It, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil have sold to the Irish people to Europe. And don't forget that Leo Varadkar turned around to young people. Was, you know, he's great for just advertising himself uh, before the camera and, you know, trying to pull off the likability factor but if you understand your facts and remember your history remember what was what has been said and forget about the, the, the smiles and, and all the commentary that man said to young people in Ireland only about four years ago and um, when it came to the housing crisis and what, and their, what, what they would do about it his, his response was move in with your parents ask them for their inheritance or leave the country but in the meantime we'll bring in every time they can hurry um, from whatever into this country and we'll look after them that says it. That's the mantra, and that's the fact. And fair that's fair enough, Seamus. Thank you very much. Let's. Uh, thanks. Go, uh, no thanks a million, Michael. Good morning. Hi, Michael. Hi, Mick. How are you doing? Good. You have a question for Brian, have you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe just a couple, but not a lot. Um, I, I, hi, Brian. How's it going? Uh, Brian, you're back on here. He's there. Hi, hi Brian. Hi. Say hello to Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Um, Good. Brian, um, I, I, like I listen to your points, and I, I won't say I don't disagree with any of them, or I don't agree with any of them. But I, like, I, which one is it, Brian? Do you think that uh, that it's more a case of this was all? Um, it's a fake um, uh, virus, or it's all um, you know cocked up by the likes of George Soros and, and Bill Gates and all these? So, like, which is it? There is a virus, or there isn't. Well, I can tell you what, it's not a pandemic, Michael. It's not a pandemic. Yeah, but it's a global pandemic. Well, it's supposed to be a global pandemic, but uh, if you look at if you look at countries, the debt rates in in, in countries across the world, you see that uh, they, they all have um, they're all down in last year's debt. It's two hundred thousand, two hundred ten thousand deaths in America, Brian. Pandemic? How can there be a pandemic but, if the number of deaths are down in the previous years? But it should be by across the world globally are down mostly yeah from what I looked at yeah most West, western countries from what I looked at they're down in last year's uh, debts the previous five and year where average where did you get those figures from I just I, I looked at not, not, not RTE or not the Irish Times or not mainstream media the information is there Michael you just need you to look know. just go online and look Brian you know you're on mainstream media at the moment Yes, and that's why I have to congratulate Red FM for allowing us a platform. They're the only, only mainstream platform who are allowing us a voice. So congratulations to them. But what, what did you think of, and I'll, I'll make a hope you don't mind me asking this question, what did you think of Sarah McInerney when she was on Radio 1? I don't know who Sarah, Sarah McInerney is. There you go. All right, well, we can't have a conversation so about her. It doesn't matter. She was very good. She, she, she really brought politicians to task. She asked really, really tough questions. The thing about having a, uh, I think anyway, the thing about having an opinion on something, you need, you need to have knowledge of it. So, and this is where I'm kind of caught as well. I, I don't have any knowledge. I'm not saying I believe what the government are doing, but I don't have any knowledge of 
what people are calling a conspiracy theory because I can't find any evidence of it. Look at the numbers, Rick. Look at the numbers. Michael and Brian, let, let, all, all of this really stems back to 2015 when Bill Gates did a TED Talks. Uh, it's been, right. yeah. yeah. Now he did that in Vancouver, in Canada, and, and in in that TED Talks, he said, if anything kills over 10 million people over the next few decades, yeah. it's likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. And that was five years ago. He said that, uh, yeah. and it went largely unheeded at the time. Now it's been trotted well, out what as. What he said, Mick. What he said is, if we do a really good job with vaccines, we can lower the world's population by 10, 15 percent. He said that. Okay. Right. So all governments in the world have now come together to kill their citizens, some of their citizens. To keep the pop- you got it, you got it there, Mick. You got it, man, boy. So, That's say, even Russia on. and China, who mightn't be yep. the best of buddies, everybody, think, every Mick, Mick, they have yes. to we're under the illusion, right, that governments uh, are at war with each other and that governments are independent. They're not. They're right. working together okay. against the people of the world. I know, and, and I, really, I genuinely mean this. So, like, how, how do, do you know how did that go out? Did they have a meeting? Like, was there... They've been having conference? meetings for decades about this. Decades. There's, 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 every year they meet, it's called the Bilderberg meeting. Every year, heads of governments, heads of the media, heads of the, uh, the medical industry, they meet up and they discuss their, their nefarious plans. And now they're well, ready. They're, this, it's on now. It's going forward. This, we're in the middle of it. But Bill, Bill Gates well, has always been the face... Um, he said there wasn't a pandemic. Yeah, but he's always been the face There's of no public pandemic. health. What Where's he's done for polio, what he's done for... Uh, but make, pandemic. Make, make India, sure. India expel Bill Gates out of, out of their country because there, there's hundreds and thousands of uh, vaccine-damaged children in India. He was expelled out of the country. You're saying Bill Gates um, wants to kill off people and every government is involved in it. Right, you, yes. you said that's a fact. But yes. then you said there's no pandemic, so it's not working. No, it's so, so the pandemic exists in our mind, Mick, because of the media reminding us 24 hours a day that there's a pandemic. There is no pandemic. My, Michael, I'm gonna, Michael, I'm going to have to leave it there. Your line is, isn't great. You want to make a final comment? There's a big delay in your line, I'm afraid. Is there one second? I I'll start that out. Sorry about that. Oh, that's better. Okay, you want to make yeah, a final comment? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, he's Brent contradicting himself. He's saying, one minute there's um, a, a big plan to kill us all off, or at least to reduce the uh, worldwide population, but then he's saying there's no pandemic. So yeah, but the plan to kill both. us off is not this so-called pandemic. This, oh, is it's going to come this is the beginnings of it. We are not okay. going back to normal. This, we're, we're being moved forward here. We're going to lose more and more freedoms the more this goes on. The first last why do they want us to lose our freedoms, uh, Brian? Yes. Why do they want us to lose our freedoms? Because they want a communistic way of living. They want the right. more freedoms, the more private property, the state will raise your How did they get every science expert, um, surgeon, um, say vaccine experts, um, nurses, doctors... Pharmacists. How did they manage to get all those on board? A lot of them believe the hype. A lot of them believe the lies. No, there's a lot that don't believe it, but they're afraid yeah. to come out and speak out against it for fear of losing their jobs. That's yeah. what's happening. No, hang on. no, no. scientists deal with facts. No, scientists deal with facts, Brian. Oh, really? Not, how in science, Mick. Yeah. Not in 2020, Mick. It's pseudoscience now by we're dealing with. Oh, it's all pseudoscience as well. All right, Mostly okay. Mostly in 2020, I mean, yeah. Have our immune system yeah. stopped working since March of this year? I mean, what happened to the human immune system? 
What happened to yeah. vitamin D, vitamin C? What happened to healthy living, sunshine, fresh air? The government, yeah. are, it's all telling us. It's all recommended. It. Michael, what, what point did you want to make about Sarah McInerney? Say that again? What, what point did Michael want to make about Sarah McInerney? Are you saying that, or, or, that she, she may have been moved on because she asked tough questions or what? Oh, God, no, jeepers, no, no, no. I just, I just thought she was a good interviewer. No, my point is, um, a lot of people will say, you know, don't listen to RT, it's whatever, this, that and the other. But then they don't listen to RT. People do listen okay. to RT, unfortunately. Look at, people, look at the people wearing masks. Why are they wearing masks? You, the you can't have an opinion on, what my point is, you can't have an opinion on something that you know nothing about. Well, Claire, I mean, you, don't, you don't need a degree to be able to read and do a bit of math, Mick. Mick. You don't need to, a degree to be able to read. Come on. You don't need a degree. No, I know you don't. But, but I also, in the same way, I guess, as you wouldn't, well, you don't listen to RTE, so you can't make a judgment on it. I don't believe everything RTE say. I don't believe everything the so-called um, mainstream media report. But I also don't believe everything that I would see on YouTube. But I watch... Uh, it's not just YouTube, Mick. Brian, Brian, you, yeah, online, online. Brian, I, can, can I can I ask you one thing, Brian? You, you you say they're trying to depopulate the world, but then you're also yeah. saying in another breath that the death rate is lower than yeah, the flu. Yeah, they're not they, this, they're not using the pandemic to pop, depopulate the world. They're using the pandemic to change our minds, take away our freedoms, and eventually they'll start killing us off. Okay. This is the start of it. I think we better leave it there. Thanks, guys. Time's mm. against me. I've got to move on Come to on Annette on. in a couple of Come moments. On. Thanks a million. Back in a moment. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. And our text machine is on fire. Uh, and why wouldn't it be? We need more of that talk. Uh, well done. People need to know this. Well done, Brian, says one of the texture. Uh, well done, Mick and Red FM, for continuing the conversation. Uh, texture says, why was Sarah McInerney removed? Because she asked hard questions. Uh, we need to uh, talk about what we can control and not what we can't, as another texture. Uh, if they're trying to depopulate the world, then why is the death rate so low? Uh, according to Brian, yes, congratulations to Red FM for continuing the debate. Uh, hi Mick, I'm on holidays in West Cork for a few days. I was out driving around yesterday. I came across a few places. Uh, road bowling. I couldn't believe my eyes, the crowds that were there on some roads. There was hundreds of them. Men, women and kids, young and old, no social distancing, no masks. How are they going to uh, contact trace if one of them gets the virus? So says Claire uh, for, from Galway. And fair play, Michael, and thank you, Red FM, for allowing uh, this discussion. More of this type of stuff, please. Well, I wish a very happy birthday to one of the show's regular listeners. She's looking for me to play Jim Diamond, and I should have known better, but we don't have time for music. Such is the volume of calls we're getting here. But happy birthday to Joanne Spriggs, who celebrates a birthday today. Now, back to the phone lines, and to Annette. Hi, Annette. Hello, Mick. How are you? Good. Now, you're sending a letter to the school stating quite clearly that you do not consent in any way to your son getting any HPV vaccine. Correct. Yes. Did you get a reply? I haven't done it yet. No, I haven't done Do it yet. Do you expect a reply? Um, oh, I will be, yeah, I will be keeping at them until I get a reply. And the reply I will expect to get will be that they have read and understood that my son is not to be vaccinated with the HPV and, um, and that they will make sure that it is not done because he is their responsibility when he is in school property. And what about the caller earlier on the programme who, who said that you're tacitly giving permission for vaccination just by sending your son to school? Yeah, and actually, and, and I mean, that caller was uh, completely right because it says it quite clearly on the World Health Organisation website. If you go into um, 
their uh, their consent about vaccinations. And one of them, it says, there's three headings. There's written consent, verbal consent, and implied consent. Now, the implied consent is the one that we need to worry about because they're basically saying that if your child is in the school on the day the vaccinations are being done, then they are going to automatically assume that you are consenting to them being vaccinated. Um, in so what form is the HPV vaccine administered? Is it nasal? Is it a mouth swab? Is it an injection? No, it's, it's an injection. Okay. Yeah. It's and, an and, injection. and do you think a whole a whole school could be or a whole year of a school could be injected without any parents finding out the night before? Absolutely. Yes. You think it could happen? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it says it quite clearly on the the World Health Organization website. It's there for everybody to read. This is not like um, somebody, whatever, a tinfoil hat or whatever. This information is on the World Health Organization website. Go and look it up yourself. Okay. And it's consent regarding vaccinations for children and adolescents between the ages of 6 and 17. And basically there is three headings, as I said, written, verbal and implied consent. And implied consent is the one that we, as parents, need to be concerned about. But you might be unwittingly giving your implied consent by sending your child to school. What you're trying to do by sending the letter is to remove that implication of consent and deny consent. Absolutely. And I actually only had the discussion with my son um, last night and just, now he already knows anyway, but I just reminded him again, I was like, look... If at any stage you go into school and the, the, the HSC are there and you're told that vaccinations taking place, I said you were to phone me straight away. Okay. And I will come down and take him out of school to make sure that he does not get the HPV vaccination. And if he does get it? Oh, there will be absolute warmick. And in the letter that I will be sending to school, I will be saying to them that I'm holding them personally responsible if my son is vaccinated without my consent, when I have clearly stated that he is not to be vaccinated um, and he is their responsibility, it's up to them to keep him safe and it's up to them to follow my wishes in regards to my son's health. If that is breached, I will most certainly go down the road of um, suing the school. Not because I want money, I don't want money, but they have to follow what I determine is the best practice for looking after my son. Okay, Diana wants to speak to you, Annette. Diana, good morning. Sure. Hi, how are you? Hi, say hello to Annette. Hi, good morning, Annette. Diane. Hi, no, um, the reason I'm ringing is because my son is currently in second year, so he got the vaccine last year, carrying him out for a walk and all breath. But, um, right. like, the school can't vaccinate your child without permission. They sent home forms that you have to read. Mm-hmm. You have to sign. You either take a box saying yes I consent or no I don't and you send yep. it back and it's not a problem yeah I know and, and Diane and I've seen them you know I've gotten them obviously um, for different vaccinations but what's different is the, the wording that's now on the WHO website is different this implied consent is a new thing that's been added on yeah but the school are still not going to vaccinate your child without your permission and plus because of the COVID now, the, in um, a huge amount of cases, the nurses mm. are not coming into the school because there no, the, enough and that's the thing, Diane. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that it's, it's not that going to happen anytime soon. No, no, no. What yeah. I wanted to say was, instead of them coming to the school and your child being vaccinated in school, what's happening now is that you need to take your child to the local health clinic. You get an mm. appointment and a date and a time and you go. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why you're worried about your child being vaccinated. I just because don't get it because it's 
I, I, well, I'm not saying it's going to happen like today or tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? I am saying that this is the information that's there. It's readily available. And we don't know when they're going to roll out the vaccination procedures again. I mean, we don't know when they're going to start them. Well, um, I, I have a son. I have a son in second year and another one just going to first year. And right. that um, my, my boy in second year got his first dose last September. He was due to get the second dose at the end of March. That didn't happen. So yeah. he got last week in the health clinic. And they said right. that they will start inviting the current first years maybe October, November, when they're finished with the backlogs from last year. Yeah. And again, we will be called to our health clinic. And if you don't want to go, you don't go. No one's going well, to hold on not at all, of course not. And I mean, that's great if that is the way that it's going to go. But what I'm saying is I just want to be proactive and make sure that I get ahead of it in case yes, it does start happening in the schools yes. again. But you know, what so you're that's doing, what I'm doing. Yes. But what you're doing is also scaremongering because people are going to be thinking now, oh my God, am I going to send my child in school tomorrow and they're going to get vaccinated at lunchtime? And well, it's, it's, like, not it's not scaremongering at all, Diane, because at the end of the day, it's providing information for people and it's up to them to decide what they want to do with it. It's, it's I'm just stating what my opinion is, what I am yes. going to do. I have not once said to any parent, either on this, right now on this call... You've done your own research, Annette. What are your reservations on the vaccine? Diana, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your walk. I want to bring in Jane just in a moment here because she's a vaccination nurse. Uh, But what are your reservations about HPV, Annette? Um, Well, my daughter got the HPV vaccine, uh, Mick, and unfortunately her health declined massively from when she got it. Um, Now, I don't want to breach her privacy because she's now nearly 21, so it's not my okay. place to say how her health declined. But let's just say we've seen the doctor a hell of a lot more often than we ever did before. Okay, Jane and is a vaccination nurse. Very healthy. She, my daughter went from being a very healthy young lady to being um, now uh, classed as, well, I suppose she's on disability now because she's unable to work and she just about manages to okay. attend college. I want to bring Jane in here quickly because she's a vaccination nurse. So thanks for holding. Great. Good morning, Jane. Hi, how are you? You want to reassure Annette that her child won't be vaccinated without consent? Absolutely. You, you get a consent form. You get a consent form from the school and you can vaccinate, you can consent yes or no to the HPV vaccine. And also when they get their first HPV vaccine, they get their Tdap, which is tetanus, diphtheria yeah. and pertussis, which is your whooping cough vaccine. That's a booster mm-hmm. from the one that they got in junior infants, okay? So you will consent to HPV and on a separate part of the form, you'll consent to the Tdap and there's also the meningitis vaccine, okay? So yeah. if you have not consented to the HPV under no circumstances, will your son or daughter be vaccinated? It's checked by admin and when the forms come to us, it's checked again before your child comes course, into us. Yeah. And then we have to go through all the form with the parent or the child. And I understand some schools are happy for us to come in and vaccinate. And that's fine. And we'll be vaccinating mm-hmm. the child on their own that day. If the school mm-hmm. is busy or we can't go in secondary to COVID or rooms are being used for extra classes, well, then yeah. you'll be coming to the health centre. But that child will come with his parents to the health centre. And we will go through that form with the child and the parent. And then we'll also ask, is this your parent's signature? And they'll ask mm. us yes or no. And we'll also ask, we'll show you your consent form. And there's, there's absolutely no need to be worried as to whether or not your child is accidentally going to get the HPV vaccine. They're okay. not. And, you know, I do. 
Yeah, as, yeah. A, as a nurse, so as a vaccination nurse, you'd be very familiar, so with all the, you know, the the guidelines and the WHO and so on, the HSE. So why is there a clause for implied consent if it's never an issue? Why would they put I can't, like honestly, I, I haven't yeah. seen that. Course, I honestly can't answer that. All I can say to you is that I've been trained, and this is how I've been trained with the rules mm-hmm. and regulations. It's really, really strict, you know. Um, yeah. If we have a consent form that's missing a date, or we have a consent form with the wrong date of birth by one digit, we can't, we can't do it. Another parent has, has said, I signed the form to not allow my child to get the HPV and was respected in the school, and they, yeah. I later allowed her to get it. I've got to leave it there. Thank you for your input, Great. Jane, uh, vaccination nurse. And Annette, I, I I think with what you've read in the uh, in, in the WHO guidelines, you're probably safer writing the letter anywhere. Feel safer, would you? Well, I certainly would feel happier yeah, about all right. it. You know. So. Thank you and good morning. Yes, thanks for your time. Good morning. Cheers. Thanks. Bye bye. Best of luck to all the publicans who are opening up today. That's the Neil Prendeville show. My thanks to the show's producers, Mark Willington, Emma Hill, Seamus Wheelahan, and of course the great Brenda Dennehy. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.